Before we get started on this episode of Real Nerds Podcast, remember you can connect to the Real Nerds in many ways. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Nerds. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. You can also call us 720-6NERDS5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2016 and beyond. I am Ryan, with me always, except last week and the week before. It's James. <laughs> and we have a guest, Dan, welcome back. Hello. How are you? Uh, fantastic. Awesome. Welcome again. Thank you again. Thank you for welcoming into your humble aho- abode. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I, I was going to say abode, and then I mixed up with home, and I also had some gushers. Oh. Yeah. I did not think they made those anymore, so I was very surprised that the explosion happened in my mouth. So I've been holding something back for you, Ryan. Yeah. You go to Sam's Club, mm-hmm. $9, you get like 36 packages of Gushers. What? I'm not kidding. Mind blown. I uh-huh. must have passed them a million times. I was just at Sam's Club, and I re- you know, I usually, because I, I, I'm in school, so I get the um, snack box of chips yeah and i usually get the one that's like 50 because it's like 11.95 yeah. or whatever it yeah. is yeah and i'm like oh i love cheetos it's and like, i love it's like cool free. ranch doritos but then i saw i got the flaming hot ones this time it's yeah. like oh those are good because they come with the munchies i love the munchies because it has sun chips doritos cheetos and pretzels in it okay and it's like you know everything i love about chips i just feel like some of the some of the chips in there that I, that like i i really like the flavor comes off of them, so they get worse, and then goes on to other chips. You know, so like some of the anyway. You mean like the flaming hot ones? Yeah. Well, well, the flaming hot's all flaming hot. Munchies in general. Munchies in general. He's talking about yeah. stuff that's all in one bag, oh, like, okay, like you eat a pretzel that like, tasted like something. If else. If you get a check yeah. mix or something. Yeah. Well, isn't that what? No, like munchies is that it, it's it's all mixed yeah. into one bag. Yeah, but they're all flaming hot, so they all kind of taste. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. Except well, I normal, think the sun yeah. chips are like the garden salsa right. ones. So that's the thing is that like I think normal munchies, it's got like the harvest cheddar mm. ones in there, and so the harvest cheddar comes off of the sun chips and gets onto the other stuff. Gotcha. So the harvest cheddar chips don't taste as good because they got less stuff on them. Mm. You know, There's, it's chip chip dust transfer. <laughs> it's yes. a science that I've invented. Uh, you know what? I'm it's studying it's, it in it's my sound lab. science. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. You know, last week I was all by myself. I recorded an episode by myself. It sounds like the saddest thing on um, the planet. It was actually wasn't too bad. I did a, I, I had to fill time, so I did my 10 favorite movies of all time. Oh, there you go. And, um, it, it exists. I just haven't figured out how to transfer it off my iPad to give it to people yeah, to whatever. edit. It'll come out as like a bonus episode. It, it'll come out eventually. Um, yeah. so yes, we still have not missed a week. It's no, just, it happened. It happened. You just weren't there, guys. <laughs> I just had to figure out how to get it off my fucking iPad. Yeah. Um, and I even said fucking on it. <laughs> no, I say I called it my damn iPad on um on Twitter, and then I thought I was being really clever when I posted when I transferred the Twitter f- um post to the Facebook post. I put sent from my iPad on it. <laughs> See, that's funny. That's, that's, pretty, uh, good. that's see, pretty good. Speaking of iPad, this week uh, I hear at Real Nerds we go see a new movie, we podcast our experience of the world. Uh, this week we went saw Steve Jobs, and that's my Apple computer voice. That was that was okay. I know. 
I, I don't know how they really sound because I wasn't. I was the poor kid, so I could never afford an Apple computer. <laughs> you know, that long ago. I I, I had, think I can afford one now, but the irony is I had the Apple IIe, which is the movie he hates so much in this movie. So, uh, I was a big fan of it. I thought it was great. Yeah, like, only Apple I've ever owned. Yeah, that that was seven years ago, James. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's no, what he says that's in what the he, movie. That's what he says oh. in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, stay tuned to the end of the show. We'll review that. We'll play the trailer and then spoil the movie, I guess. Um, oh, spoil the hell out of it. Guess what? He dies. Oh. He does. But not in the movie. But that's what you get for being an asshole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's like the jerk in like teen slasher films. Eventually he's just going to die. Yeah. Um, it has to happen. But we also talk about movies we've been watching, comic books you should buy, um, movie news, Blu-ray release. Oh, there's such a sweet Blu-ray coming out this week. There is. We'll get to it. And uh, yeah, that's what we do. We talk about movies. Cool. Things we love. What was that base for, James? I'm trying to remember what the password is to the to the Gmail so that I can get to the to the Alamo Draft House thing. I think it's so we, too, isn't it? Great. Now, now, now the entire <laughs> internet knows our password. Well, Ryan. You, you can bleep that out. Ah, <laughs> uh, if I remember to bleep it out, fingers crossed, man. <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, I forgot that we this goes out to lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You forgot that anyone listens to us. Yes. How, um, like, how many people do? Do you know? Do you have I any have idea? No idea. Like Brett, Brett knows, but like twenty. Yeah, I think it's like fifteen people. Yeah, it's, well, we it's have, we have, whoever subscribed to our, uh, um, your, like iTunes feed or yeah, yeah. Can, no, does, whoever does, follows us on MySpace. Is, is there a number so. on that iTunes feed? No, <laughs> iTunes doesn't give you numbers. No, yeah, they don't. Do thanks, that. thanks, Steve Jobs. Yeah. ITunes, what the oh fuck? no, it's, iTunes is really horrible at actual reporting. iTunes is one of the worst pieces of shit. Yeah, software it's I've horrible ever worked for reporting, with. but our podcast sounds better on it. <laughs> no, it just sounds like it. It just sounds. It just is a place where things sound. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can stream us on Stitcher. I know we have. I don't know how many subscribers on Stitcher either. Brad knows. He's not. Brad's like busy filming a feature film, so he's he is still around. He's just busy filming stuff. Thanks for the filler, guys. Th- here's what's coming out of the Alamo Draft House this week. Well, first, I want to say hi to everybody at Alamo because you had a f- festival and showed a lot of my movies, and I want to thank you for that and say everybody out there at Alamo, hello. So, hello. Better be something cool. Just kidding. I know it is. Uh, <laughs> so here, this is for. What's happening on the 29th? Uh, well, sh- sh- I've never done this before, so give me a second. I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, am I going all the way down to the 29th? Um, what I do is I go to what's happening next week at the Alamo Draft House. Oh, okay. Oh, next week's sneak peek. That's the section you go yeah. to? Yeah. Awesome. 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 The, the 29th is the greatest movie of all time. Uh, so, uh, big screen classics. How Sue is going to be no, shown I, there? That's, I, that's I, the greatest movie of all time. No, that's not the one. Uh, Craft Dinner, The Monster Squad. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, it's the Craft Dinner? Yeah, it's the Craft Dinner. That's I saw good. that last year with, uh, oh, a little, a little bit over a year. Yeah, where they just, had the dude there? Yeah, it was just before, uh, Kellen was born. Oh. The lead actor was there. And I see pictures of him and me. I have lost tons of weight since then. I look, you have. I look so fat in those pictures. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're, you're, you're a good looking dude. Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. Unfortunately, I've been picking it up as you've, as you've left it behind <laughs> I've just been you. giving it to you. Yeah. 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 Actually, uh, before you move on, I, I had, um, this is totally off topic, but it blew my mind today. So my older brother, Steve, is going to some, there's a beer festival in Golden. Sure. And my mom lives by me in Lakewood. So she said that she would take him there because he needs a ride and, you know, she'll pick him up because you don't drink and drive, guys. And what? Yeah, I know. 
So him and my younger brother are all drinking down there, and they didn't think to invite me. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> the last time I had a drink was in February for my me and my wife's anniversary. I had a glass of wine. Um. Anyways, so he comes in and his hair's like combed, and he's wearing really nice flannel shirt and he has a watch on he looks like a fucking hipster my older brother steve is like steve. dressing nice yeah. steve yeah see that that's right and i did he not... fall out of a tree and hit his head dude i don't know what happened to him i haven't i seriously i don't think i've seen him in two months but he like dressing like a hipster and he, he he's like trying and it's I don't know if you've ever met him. No. no uh, James I, 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 has. I, I, yeah. And, you know, Steve's a cool guy, but could you picture him, like, wearing nice jeans, a nice flannel shirt, a watch, combing his I hair? I mean, I could picture him wearing a flannel shirt if it was not, if it hadn't been washed in, like, a week and a half. Exactly. Because, I mean, he does work in, like... I can picture him, like, wearing a flannel shirt if he picked it up off the floor at the Ross. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, it's, like, nice. It was, like, white and blue, and it was... Whoa! It was iron. No, 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 no. It's red. In my head, it's red yeah. and a darker okay. red. Okay, so it's, let's say it's a dark red and a white, but it was ironed and everything. Wow. I know, dude. Do you, do you iron a flannel shirt, or do you just let it get wrinkly no, and I comfy? don't, because I, I buy the nice ones that don't, that don't get wrinkled. Yeah, but it had, like, no. a crease. It had a crease? Yeah, like he took time. I couldn't believe it. I was amazed at how That's my brother insane. looked. But good for him. Anyways, yeah, uh, good job. besides the the Monster Squad, what else we got? <laughs> Which, Break. by the way, if you haven't seen the Monster Squad, it is on Netflix right now. And go see the Monster Squad. Cool. Uh, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, is they're going to show this week. Which oh. I've still never seen. I haven't seen it, but I know Elizabeth Olsen's naked in it. Uh, yeah, but it's because she's in it. Um, Beetlejuice. Nice. They're showing Beetlejuice. Uh, Terror Tuesday is going to be Carnival of Soars. Souls. Souls. Ooh, that sounds horrible. Ow. So, so on the Beetlejuice, are they just going to show it for five minutes when Beetlejuice is in it? Because that's the only good parts of that film. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I'm going to sneak Sweet. out right after I get out of Antichrist, which they're showing. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, I'm not going to see Antichrist. I, have I know no too des- much about Antichrist and what's in that movie. I I don't know what it's about, but I have no desire to. There's some like. Let, let me guess. It's about the Antichrist. No, it's like it's what? it's like weird shit. There's like there's like some. Sado, not sadomasochism. There's like, uh, um, self mutilation stuff in that movie and like just weird stuff. This week, um, uh, there's a shot of a, there's a shot of a fox in a field eating itself. Mm, why? I don't know. I saw it on the internet. This, this week, some Bible thumpers came to my door and uh, which, which ones? Were uh, they, I'm were not 100% sure because I'll tell you why I didn't get past this. Um, <laughs> when, when they come to my door, I'm, I'm not religious, but I respect people that do that. And I know that sounds Bullshit. weird because, but they, I mean, they have to go out there and, you know, knock on strangers doors and try to do mission. And I don't think there were Mormons cause they didn't look not like dress nice. Um, uh, Jehovah's witnesses are the ones that look really nice though. So they were probably Mormons. No, cause, uh, the Mormons came to my house a couple days later. Oh, okay. Um, Weird. And Normans always wear, uh, name tags. These yes. people didn't have name tags. Hmm. And so they knocked on my door and they said, Hey, do you mind if we come in and do a Bible study with you? Weird. I know. I said, you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate what you guys are doing, but I'm, I just don't, be- you know, I, it's not, it's not for me. Wh- but whatever you guys want to do, that's cool. It's not for me. And she, so the, the lady said, well, um, do you know World War three is about to happen? What? I said, really? What are you going to do, lady? Yeah, I said, so what does that mean? She said, well, let's say you're a soldier, and you're the good guy. You're the American, and the bad guy is the Middle Eastern people. What are you going to do? I said, well, who says the Middle Eastern people don't think I'm the bad guy? No, the Middle Eastern people are bad guys. I said, well, Jesus was Middle Eastern, and she stopped and left. (laughs) That was the – I just put up a wall, 
And I don't know if she doesn't know history, but um, I went ahead and put that up for her. Where do you think Jerusalem was, lady? <laughs> I know. That's what I mean. If you're going to preach to me, preach the right way. His last name was of Nazareth. Where's Nazareth? Uh, Europe, dude. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But that's what I mean. If you're going to, if you're going to go out and work hard and try to convert people, get your facts right. Yeah. Come you on. want to talk to me about like, hey, you know, things are going to be okay. I want to help you out. Great. Don't come to my door and be like, we're going to blow up the world because Middle Easterns. What? Exactly. How, that's what how, I mean. I, I don't want to believe in that. And that's, and that's why I told him. I said, well, who, you know, maybe they think I'm the bad guy. <laughs> you are the bad guy. Uh, so, anyways, back to reality. So, uh, that's my story for the next week. up. Here's a big one. Cabin in the Woods. Mm. Gonna show Cabin in the Woods soon. Hell yeah. I haven't seen that movie since theaters. Uh, really? I, you don't own the Blu-ray? In a theater, I mean. Oh, okay. Wait, wait hold, hold on. You haven't, you haven't seen it in theaters since you saw it in a theater. Moving on. <laughs> Fuck, man. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. Be, be sure to go check out Cabin in the Woods. Uh, cause I think it's cool that they're showing that movie again. Uh, they're doing afternoon tea with Crimson Peak because, uh, s- spoilers oh, for what we've been watching. Yes. Crimson Peak, not a horror movie. It's a, uh, it's, it's a tea a, movie, as it's it turns a, out. Uh, gothic romance. So, I, it sounds perfect for, for a, and there's lots of tea, tea in it. There is a lot, there is a lot of tea. I don't in know it. if I drink tea for an afternoon tea of yeah, Crimson Peak. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, what color is the tea? Oh, man. Uh, Little Hop, Little Shop of Horrors is gonna be their Halloween party. I'll be your dentist. <laughs> but the movie that Ryan was talking about is Mondo Cross Chiller is bringing you Army of Darkness. Yes. Hell to the King, baby. <laughs> it's Super Mario Maker. I was making a level and I called it Army of Darkness and it's a castle. So it's literally just a bunch of dry bones that you have to fight through. Okay. And every time you get a power up, I recorded my voice going groovy. And so every time you get a power up, it says groovy. It's so shitty that the that the the sounds in that game don't upload. I know, because like, I, I played it through. It's like, man, why are more people liking my Army of Darkness level? Because they can't hear you going groovy. Yeah, they, <laughs> they just see a bunch of dry bones. And yeah, see, yeah, they're like, they're like, this is lame as shit. I know. I do. I do have one level though that's I've been been starred I think sixteen times, and it's called uh, Hammer It to Me, and it's a bunch of hammer hit, hammer brothers in a castle, and it's really hard. It, like it's it's. <laughs> I know. Its completion rate is only like 6%. There you go. So I keep on hoping that when I do like the expert thing, it'll just randomly pop up. I'm like, yes, I made it to expert level designer. <laughs> uh, only if you have that voice. I wonder, I wonder if it like intentionally blocks your own levels from popping up in the Hyper Mario thing. I, you know what? I think that'd be giving mm-hmm. Nintendo too much credit for online things. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I Probably really, not. yeah. I, you know, love Nicely Nintendo, done. love Mario Maker. That's a fucking cool thing. I don't think that would be the case with them. <laughs> I, I don't think I, I, no, I've been spending a lot of time on my new level. I call it Ah Piranha Plants and, uh, <laughs> uh no, Ah Chain Chomps. And it's <laughs> really hard. You have to jump on little platforms and above them is Chain Chomps constantly coming down. Yeah. So you have to like time your jumps right. It's, it, you can beat it, but it's, it's difficult, but I'm still trying to tweak it to give you power ups at the right spot. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. I'll, I'll so it's you, not impossible. I'll tell you what, I can't beat it. Probably not. I'm not. I, I didn't play enough Mario like that when I was younger, and it's been a long time since oh, I man. played it now. Dude, I suck at it. See, I'm so good at Mario. I can. I know how far he has to jump and how long he'll slide. Yeah. So, uh, in my chain chomp level, I have uh, like a block of ice, and you jump and you slide, and if you don't time the jump right, you'll fall off the edge. Yeah, you got to be good to beat my levels. Mine are hard. I love that game. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Ryan, what are we doing first? Um. 
Uh, hey, let's do uh, let's do DVDs and Blu-ray releases. Okay. Because I I know you want to get to that quick. Sure. Ignition sequence start. Whoa, DVDs. That uh, that that pause right there—that's where you put in the the audio thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. The, it goes, Whoa, DVDs! <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> that's it what it is. Does yeah. now. <laughs> oh, Ooh, DVDs. Or yeah, whatever, baby. man. Yeah, like not, not even Blu-rays, just the just gonna, the DVDs. So, I was gonna yeah. I was gonna chastise you for like drawing attention to the silence because of course the audience didn't hear that. But uh, now I'm so glad. <laughs> well, no, I, I was just putting two and two together in my head right here we, in real time. <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to find a new uh, uh, DVD and Blu-ray release uh, intro. So now, yeah, I'm gonna go play with that. It, that I mean, great. if you can, like, even if like the laughter is over it, fucking just put it in there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no, he's gonna add, you know, explosions and. Oh yeah. No, no. All right. So Pixels is the big release of this week. this week. Yeah, that's this week. Did, did I? Did you guys see it? Yeah, I thought you, it was you fun. did. You were telling me that it's like god awful and shitty. And no, bad. I didn't. No, no, no. I or did not say me? that. I no. forget. I don't it, listen to you. It is surprisingly <laughs> fun. Okay. Um, there's a lot of dumb shit in that movie, but I laughed a lot. Um, sure. It's not terribly smart, but it's fun. It okay. looks pretty. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. You want to see some dudes in cars drive away from giant Pac-Man? I did. I did think like that shot of that Pac-Man like eating through that fire truck over like looked pretty cool. Yeah, it's like that looks pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there's more yeah, of that. It, it's fun, man. I, I I think it's a pretty fun movie. Cool. Yeah. I, I, maybe I, I should see Pixels. I, I think totally, you'd have fun watching it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, uh, Mulholland Drive is going to get a uh, a Criterion edition. You know, people that, classify that as a horror film. I classify that as boring as shit. <laughs> you too. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 dumb. You know, the only thing that perks me up in that. Naomi Watts' Naked Body. Dang. I I yes, I I could have guessed that. <sighs> She's pretty. The Holy Grail limited edition castle catapult gift set thing of Monty Python and the Holy Grail is coming out this week. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie in a long time. I was a big fan when I was like in middle school. Huge fan. Of I that think movie. most people are. And then they grew up and like, oh, that movie's okay. Uh, sure. It, it's fine. It's good. I just it's, I it's saw it once good. and I haven't seen it in a long time. But I remember thinking it was really funny. I just yeah. wore myself out. I probably watched it like 20, 30 times in a year. Wow. Um, and so sure. after a couple of years of doing that, you're like, hmm. I want to go watch a different movie. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> so, uh, but I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I, I got to check that out. The Gift, uh, Jason Bateman's The Gift, highly, highly like rated. Oh yeah, people, people are talking about really it a lot. Good. I got to check it out. Um, I know it was at the Alamo for quite a while. Southpaw is coming out this week. Did you see Southpaw? No. Who was that saw Southpaw? Did Brad? Somebody know. saw. Oh, oh, Zach saw it. Yeah, I think he said it was disappointing. I don't know. Hmm. It looked disappointing. Um, My Fair Lady is getting a Blu-ray. I know. Edition. I really kind of want to get that. Yeah, yeah. Look I how beautiful. I love the cover to it. Oh, it's great. It's really great. Who doesn't love freaking Audrey Hepburn? Yeah, uh, she's so beautiful. Frank Zappa's Roxy the movie. Does anyone else think Frank Zappa's overrated? Uh, is it just me? Every fan, his prisoner. Every guitar, his slave. It's a pretty cool cover. And there's just yeah. like screaming. This relaxed-looking, screaming lady in a bikini, just looking at his giant head. Hmm. Weird. Whatever. Check that out. Here's the big one, though. 
<laughs> just make sure you're not lying to me again. Collector's edition of Army of Darkness. Oh, dude, I you have no idea how excited I am. And one because is the price still seventeen ninety nine? Uh, yes. It dropped from uh, no, no, no. $30. $17.98. Nice. It dropped from $30 when I pre-ordered it when it was first announced yeah. down to $17. And well, I almost ordered it from Scream Factory because they give it to you a week early. I'm like, man, maybe if it's ordered enough on Amazon, it'll drop really low. And I'm glad I did. Well, will they do they only charge you like once it ships? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But what they do, because I have Prime, if it drops really low, they'll give me the lowest price. Yeah. So... Um, even if like tomorrow it goes skyrockets up, it'll still be seventeen ninety nine or ninety eight or whatever it is for me. Um, but no, I've been reading reviews of it and I'm super excited because one, I finally get Army of Darkness is arguably, maybe not even arguably, it's probably the movie that's been re-released most on DVD. Yeah, I mean, the second will only be to like Night of the Living Dead, and that's because it's ripped <laughs> off. Exactly, and there's. I've never seen it, but there's an international cut that has footage that people on this side of the pond have never seen. And the Scream Factory Blu-ray is actually three Blu-rays, and it has four different cuts of the film. And they went through and restored the international cut and the director's cut. The only one that I think they said is restored, but it has a lot of issues, is there's a TV version of it that is kind of probably hard to get a good working print of anyways. Yeah, but you would want it to... But they they upgraded it, but you would want it to look like it was on TV anyway. Yeah, the TV. Is. And then they have a new hour and a half documentary, um, and they have a they ported over all the special features that have been on all the blue uh, DVDs, even all that good stuff from the Screwhead edition. Yes. Oh, good. And the only bummer is is Sam Raimi's not involved. Oh, but so there's not like new him talking. There is a, but I will say they did port over the great commentary with him and Bruce Campbell and his brother Ivan, who wrote the script yeah. from the director's cut. That commentary la- makes me laugh every time I listen to it because uh, they're really funny. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited because finally someone is putting out a three disc version of that that they should. Now, if they only make the original Evil Dead cool on Blu-ray, I'd be really happy. Yeah, that'd be good. So, yeah, three discs. I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, I'm sure. Cool. Uh, Breeders, which is a crazy looking oh, horror movie awesome. thing. Yeah, the cover's cool. There's this woman and she's screaming and some kind of weird mouthy tooth thing with a weird gross eye is coming out of her face. And the tagline is, they get under your skin because they had all of 13 seconds to come up with their tagline. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There's breeders. Uh, next up on the whole bunch of re-release weird stuff, Kinjit. Forbidden Subjects with Charles Bronson. Mm. Desire, Temptation, Revenge. Huh? Not the best looking cover. Uh, how about, um, Stephen King's Sometimes They Come Back. Which Made actually, for TV. Yeah. I love that title. Oh, no, it's cool. Have you ever seen it? No. Oh. It's just a car and there's a bunch of fire in the background. I don't, okay. I don't watch TV movies. <laughs> <laughs> so so like brink you know like like things like that yeah never really uh lauren co uh, sorry lauren graham apparently is making her comeback in max which from the cover here is a that's the dog, dog movie remember the yes you don't remember that movie from like a few months ago no where it was the dog with the marine yeah. and oh, yeah. he dies and then the dog befriends the little boy yes it's like his brother the yeah, tagline what... here is best friend period hero Period. Marine. Period. <laughs> and it's like the most stoic looking. Oh, that's just, that movie just looks like it's going to get under my skin. Messenger of Death with Charles Bronson. The vigilante is I, back I love with a vengeance. 
Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. It's just him. There's a truck in the background. It's just him with a shotgun walking. Dude, what if he like broke into, like let's say, a drug dealer's house? Great. And they're just like, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm here to deliver you a message. What is it? Death. And he shoots him. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, I should have seen that one coming. Oh, man. All right. Here's one that I, I honestly like. I've just always loved this poster and this and the I've never seen it, but the, the cover for this movie. Um, so I may just have to check this out, but, uh, them exclamation mark <laughs> yeah. is that getting it from the fifties. Oh, my, to- my oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's an old, uh, like composite where insects are attacking a town. My dad loves that movie. Does he really? Yeah. Yeah. He loves Sweet. them. Wheat. It's a classic like monster. I horror thought so. Film. It sounds familiar. It's just, yeah. it's just giant like ants. Yeah. 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 I'll see it. Right. I've seen it. it it's, oh. See, I I love those kind of old monster movies though because there's some charm to them, you know. Sure, yeah, like it, like them has charm for sure. And, <laughs> like it's, like you know, it's way outdated. Hopefully, there's like, is there some hunky dude who has to save? I don't remember. I, I saw like, it, the, like the so long ago. the lady and she gets kidnapped and oh man, that'd be sweet by the ants and he has to fight them by punching them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, next we've got uh, Christopher Lee, Peter Cushing, Donald Sutherland in Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. Ooh, terror and horror in the same title? Yeah, so there is no tagline on this one, but there should be, because he's, he's shuffling decks, or he's shuffling cards. So there needs to be some... I, I think we can come up with a good tagline for this. It's got to be like, you know... You've been dealt death. Oh! <laughs> You've been dealt a terrifying hand. <laughs> there we go. Dan, your That's turn. Pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I don't have one. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, uh, uh, something about there not being anything good in the cards for you. No, I, I don't like that. No? No, just fucking skip me. <laughs> no. Oh man! All right, and finally one. So this is a movie that I swear I've like came out of a fever dream when I was a kid. I've seen this movie, but it's always been like I would never want to tell anybody like, "Hey, do you remember that movie?" Because I'm sure they would have just looked at me and slapped me and said like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Uh, Robert Townsend's The Meteor Man. Ah, <laughs> uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Why did you Add just slap me? <laughs> right. <laughs> um. I remember seeing this movie. It, I've never seen it, but it was advertised on the back of my comics a lot. Was it really? Yeah. Uh, I, it seems like insane. Um, you, you don't know anything about it, right, Dan? No, no, not at all. Um, it's, it's like Black a, Superman. <laughs> yeah, but he like, he like gets hit with, he's like in an alley and he gets hit with a, with an, a meteor and somehow it gives him super, oh, it's written by Robert Townsend too. Um, Let's see if I can get, uh, let's see if I can get a summary here. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Um, a high school teacher. Wait, sorry. I didn't, I didn't set up. I didn't set it up. <clears throat> Make sure you play the Superman theme over this. Oh, that, oh, that's a good idea. A high school teacher from a troubled inner city, Washington, D.C. neighborhood. Sorry, they put a period in there, so it threw me <laughs> off. <laughs> From a troubled inner city in Washington, D.C. neighborhood, becomes a super-powered hero and takes on the gang that has been terrorizing his streets. Wait, English major, so they put a period when they're abbreviating District of Columbia. I just want to make sure that uh, we... 
Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just checking. Yeah. All right. Wait, let me here. Let me try this. But this is a, <laughs> this is a better synopsis. How about this? Okay. Jefferson Reed is a mild-mannered school teacher in Washington D.C. Here, I just want to point out that here they also used the period the the period from D.C. They used that to also end the sentence. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he has just discovered that his backbone and his and it what no. <laughs> And he, I, I'm literally reading it as it's written. He has just discovered that his backbone and it's stronger than steel. Je- Jefferson Jefferson would rather run than fight until he's hit by a strange green meteor that gives him superhuman abilities. And when a gang that led by a powerful and when a gang led by a powerful drug lord begins terrorizing his family and neighbors, Jefferson has no choice but to don his homemade spandex suit and take it on in a war of cunning wit and super-powered, super-modeling prowess to save his hood. Who wrote that? Uh, so that was English as their second language? <laughs> that was written by Anthony Pereira. Pereira? Uh, yeah, I won't read his... <laughs> I wrote, no, 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 I, no, it's P-E-R-E-Y-R-A. Uh, I won't read his email address as that seems to be unfair. Perira. 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 Anyway, that's a meteor, man. Don't check it out because I don't remember it being any good. And that's what's going on on Blu-ray wow. this week. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, what are we doing next? Uh, movie news. Cool. In other news... The Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell. I do the cha-cha like a sissy girl. It's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson! Everyone, it's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson! I like a do... Da cha cha. I'm sorry, we seem to be having some technical difficulties. Hey, Ryan. Yeah. I don't know nothing about Harry Potter. What's this Harry Potter thing that's happening? They're making uh, more movies? No, the J.K. Rowling wrote a stage play for uh, the eighth chapter in the Harry Potter saga called okay. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Yes. And it takes place 19 years after the Deathly Hollows. And it stars Harry Potter's son. Oh, okay. So it's the next thing, and it's a uh, it's a play. Okay. So it so looks fun. Is are they are they gonna make a movie of it? Um, I'm sure they yeah. will. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Well, they do. They are filming that Harry Potter or Fantastic yeah, Beasts. Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic Beasts and where yeah. to find them. Yeah. So um, I'm sure they will. I just keep seeing like little pieces of news about it. and I'm like, I don't know what this is. I'm confused. Yeah. So, so. it's exciting. I mean, it's a fun world. They lots to explore. I know okay. James doesn't like it, but James is stupid. I just think that the films are bad. It, yeah, yeah bad. like Harry Potter's cool. Like, it, it's it's there's interest there. Sure, sure. So, yeah, they should, I just think you deserve a better film. I think. I, I think once you get to like four, like three and four, the the films are better for sure. I think the third one. I think that's kind of when they start going really downhill. The last, the last, Well, I didn't well, see like, the second so, one. So the so last for, one is just dog shit. Three and four <laughs> is when the kids just start wearing like street clothes half the time. Yeah, um, and not just robes, robes all day long. Yeah, um, which I, you know, I was all down for the robes. I'm a big fan of robes. Okay, I, I own my own robe. I don't. Uh, James doesn't deserve to talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> 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 all right, moving on. Uh, we got a full trailer for Jessica Jones this week. It's awesome. It looks awesome. 
Man, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. It comes out pretty soon. Yeah. Good. Uh, man. Jessica Jones is a cool character. Yeah, it looks pretty great. Uh, if you don't know, she's got superpowers, but she doesn't really use them anymore. And there's some mystery there, and she solves crimes. One of my favorite of. uh stories with her is in a miniseries called The Pulse, and it uh she's an investigative reporter, and she figures out that Norman Osborn's the Green Goblin, and it's really awesome. Cool. Written by Brian Michael Bendis and drawn by Mark Bagley. So if you want to see read a cool story. Good news, everybody. Um there will be no high heels in Jurassic Park two. But no word on whether or not there would be any kind of plot. Well, James, way way to work on that burn for the last thirty minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I still think we saw a different movie. Uh, (laughs) No, did you see the the, did you see the scene on the on the train? When we get to what we've been watching, I'll talk about it again. When we get to what we've been watching, we'll talk about it. And they cry, and and then that scene has no like repercussions in the movie. Hey, this is monumental news. Honestly, Uh this seems like a tectonic shift uh, to some degree in in television. Uh, the Mythbusters, after 14 seasons, has been canceled. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Man. Yeah. I know that like a year or two ago, they, um, they went back to just Adam and Jamie. They got rid of the, you know, Grant and Carrie and Tori. Um, And Tori. And, and, you know, I like all them too, but man. I love Tori. People love Mythbusters. What the hell? No, you love Carrie. You don't love Tori. Which one's Tori? Tori's the one no one loves. Tori's the, like, the The kind of dumb guy. Like, Grant is the Asian dude who's awesome. How do I mix those up? What, Carrie's the chick? Carrie's yeah. the chick. Yeah, yeah, she's hot. Right. No, I know. <laughs> well, who's Tori then? Tori's just the other uh, dude. The other dude? Oh, yeah. Grant's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tori's perfectly fine, too. Oh, uh-huh. uh, no. Tori's obnoxious. No, no. He's not. He, he's a nice... He's nice. He's, he, Tori's... No, yeah. He's fine. Yes. Yeah. He's fine. Yes. So so what's with that? Like, it's just like they can't like add space or like all this other... Like, people I don't know. I don't think they even know because... I think they were told they found out after the news broke. Yeah. I remember reading something on uh Hollywood Reporter about it, so that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's been on for a very long time. I, I can tell you I haven't watched it in a long, long time. Um and I was a big show, big fan of it, but after a certain time I, I think uh you you probably start looking at declining ratings and just declining uh um, And Discovery needs more uh, shows like my six hundred pound life or something. <sighs> If you like, if you want to go Television's look on the worst, if you want to go look on YouTube for my favorite MythBusters segment, it's the one I, I have no idea what it would be called, but it's the yeah. one where they're trying to prove that if you like driving a car 50 miles an hour and you shoot a thing at the back of it 50 miles an hour, it would just drop straight down. So they build this cannon in the back of a truck and they are trying to shoot like a soccer ball out of it. Sweet. And they it took takes them like you know 40 50 tries and they they nail it hmm. and that soccer ball like just plops out of the cannon and just drops straight down, doesn't move an inch. It's pretty dope. Neat. So. Uh, so Rob Marshall got on the horn this week and started talking about his Mary Poppins film, mm-hmm. which he does not want you to call a remake. Uh, he refers to it as more of an extension, which I think is really great. Um, it's sort of what we were talking I about. I heard they want to make Emily Blunt Mary Poppins, and I'm totally down with that. Right. Uh, and I think when we had talked about that a few weeks ago, you had said, you know, hey, I there's a lot of Mary Poppins out there. They don't have to necessarily tell the same, mm-hmm. and, like make a remake yeah. of the original. And it sounds like that's exactly what they're they doing. They should, because I think there's six books. Yeah. Seven books. Something like that. Yeah. Just tell a different story. Because the thing right. is with Mary Poppins is she's actually, <laughs> it's not spoiled. She's actually not like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. 
But even though she's a nanny, she's really like a good witch. Right. And so she can be anybody. Right. And oh, 100%. And I don't want them to tell the, uh, the reboot it because it do, then I have Mary Poppins and I have Saving Mr. Banks like as right. great companion pieces. Yeah. Like and, I have it. And that's I'm why dead. it needs to be there. Yeah. Agreed. Hey. Remember when, uh, Walt Disney goes and talks to, uh, uh, PL Travers at her London house and it's amazing. Because I do. That scene made me cry. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. Hey. Tom Hanks. Um, we got a trailer for Star Wars this week. We did we? We did. How do you guys feel? <laughs> pretty stoked. I'm pretty excited. I, I, still have to, I still have to watch it. There's a big rumor yes. that... Uh, well, we're going to talk about it anyway. The bad guy is actually Luke Skywalker. Um, but didn't they say Kylo Ren is uh, played by Adam Driver anyways? And they, then and there's a shot in the trailer where they show Kylo Ren with the, uh, the lightsaber. Cross, the cross guard, yeah. And, but he doesn't have his hood on. You can tell it's like Adam Driver. Like, yeah. I, I, I think that they will certainly mess with Luke Skywalker a little bit as far as plot is concerned, but no, I don't like that. That seems so on the nose and dumb and, and it's so antithetical to a lot of the stuff he's been doing. Um, I think what's happening there Explain is that what people, antithetical means. Uh, it, so, <laughs> They, they've been pretty, they're trying to give a, do a lot of fan service and they're mm-hmm. trying to make us all feel very good about what they're doing. Um, which means that if they went and said, Hey, Luke Skywalker's a bad guy, like that, that goes against all of the, Hey, we really want to make fans happy that they've been <laughs> preaching, right? Yeah. Um, and at the same, I, I think what's happening here is that unlike his previous films, J.J. Abrams, when he set out on this one, sort of said like, hey, I'm not going to do my normal mystery box, not tell you anything, that kind of thing. Like, I'm going to talk about this. And you're going to see stuff up front and you're going to like get behind the scenes footage and that kind of stuff. Um, and that's exactly what he's done. I-, I think that what people are probably doing is going like, oh, J.J. is hiding something from us and it's going to be huge. It's like, the, you know, Khan is Kylo Ren and Star Trek takes place in Star Wars. And like, oh, dude, if the Enterprise did show up, oh shit, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, because they're they're filming into darkness, and the darkness is actually the dark side. And I'm down for that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like then Star Trek people show up, and they're just like, we just like to talk about science and solve a mystery in space. You know, what I I I am down for though is that Daisy lady is like a Jedi. I'd love to see a kick-ass female Jedi yeah. and take on the dark side. That'd be sweet. Yeah. I, I just want a fun film. I, I think it's going to be. Yeah. Like I, I think the trailer looks badass. Uh, there's a shot of Kylo Ren swinging his, his cross guard that kind of looks like he's swinging it like a, like a big, like a big old broadsword. Like broad okay. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to be right. That, that's what, <laughs> that's what you kind of, you know, like you wanted it's, from the beginning. It's all, the only thing I'm hanging my hat on. I, it's really <laughs> the only, everything else, I just want a fun movie. The one thing I, it's like, uh, in, in Mass Effect 2 or 3 when I was like, uh, uh, Liara needs to be pregnant by the end of the game. Like, that's <laughs> what I needed. And I didn't ever get that. In this case, like, I need him to swing oh, that sword like a broad game that's 10 years old. Uh, well, is it 10 years yet? Hey, that was my story. <laughs> Ten years ago, you didn't have to have sex with Yara. I just did because I wanted <laughs> them to have kids. Mm. That's what I did, and then it never happened. And then I died, sad in space. I was, and then like she went to a planet where there were some trees or some shit, and she was half robot. I don't understand that game. Ugh, that game is such a mess. 
Anyway, uh, I just really want to see Kylo Ren swing that thing like a broadsword. So I'm interested. How much money do you think that's going to make opening weekend? Oh, all of it? Yeah. I think all of it, I think. I think it's going to make all the money. I think it's going to get close to $300 million. Yeah. Man. Especially after what we heard from the Alamo guys today. Oh, what did you? Oh, oh, about yeah. the, the, the how long it's been sold out for. Yeah. And this is how ingenious it is. I, and they, I think they realize this, um, with a few movies that if you release it in December and there's nothing else, it plays for a really long time. Yeah. Just it eats all of January. Yep. And it will. It I'm going to see, I'll see this movie a few times in January. I'm sure. Provided that it's awesome. But everything about this trailer screams, this is going to be awesome. Like it just looks fun. It looks like a space adventure, which is what I want, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want it to be like, you know, you know episode three, really. <sighs> I just love doing that to James. <sighs> just chock full of bullshit dialogue. <laughs> there is more good dialogue <laughs> right. in this trailer than in all of episode three. What it's cool, though, is when you, it's spewed by Harrison Ford when he's saying, the Jedi, yeah. the dark side, it's all true. Yeah, oh, man, that's awesome because it comes from Harrison Ford. Yeah, man, I like the shot of Finn fighting Carla Wren. Yep. Ah, uh, man. Yep. This movie looks great. Sorry, I'm I'm just looking at stills of it now. <laughs> just just stills of the trailer. Just stills. That, that's all you need. Just stills. I don't need nothing, man. <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here and be like, hey, look, Star Wars looks cool. Ah. Uh, I even think I even think that they got uh, Leia to look real pretty. Yeah. In that one shot, like you know, she looks good. Yeah. Good she job, looks Carrie real good. Fisher. Yeah. <laughs> good I, I, job, Carrie Fisher. No, I read that she, she, down. she lost like fifty pounds before she started that. Yeah, I mean, she looks really she good. Does. She looks like the best she's looked in years. It's great. It's good for her. Yeah, it is. Um, unless I missed anything, I think that's news. Now, a lot of people say they live by the book, but they don't live by the book. Can you live by the book? I guess I have to. You picked us up, right? <laughs> That's from Jane's on the pop strike back. Where um Jay tries to eat out Carrie Fisher, who's a nun. <sighs> you know what's better if you actually just play the scene and then it'll be funnier. We've played it in previous episodes. I don't think I need to now. <laughs> I have it like in in some hard drive somewhere. I could easily have thrown it in. Didn't. <laughs> just to leave you out there. Dick. <laughs> so, something you have to go find for me. What? Somewhere on your computer is a is a voice clip of you saying penguins Peng- of Madagascar. Penguins of Madagascar. I walked into James's room a few months ago. He's editing the podcast. This is like a year ago now. Yeah, it was it was maybe a while ago. And and all just the first thing I hear is penguins of Madagascar. <laughs> and I told him, fucking stop what you're doing. Cut that out. Like take five minutes for me. Cut that out. Send it to me. I want that to be my text tone or, or something. And he never did it. Uh, yeah, I wanted to. I just forgot to. He even said that he would. I bet I could figure it out. Whatever the week, whatever episode. I have this amazing interview with horror icon Tony Todd that I've never heard either. Oh, damn. There's a... uh, I feel like like that one goes pretty deep. I don't know. It's pretty deep. Uh, Whatever week that came out on DVD, the week before that is the episode that's on. I can go figure that out. I have Google and computer. (laughs) I'll figure it out. Anyway, that is news. Cool. Uh so let's play the box office game. Show me the money! I don't even know what comes out next week. Oh, actually, I, I do. I uh, it's, I, well, I know what we're going to see, and James is going to be really happy about it. Good. Uh, next week, we're seeing Scouts vs. Zombies. 
Uh, I mean, I'm going to be happy about that. <laughs> uh, Randy <laughs> sent me a message. He wants to be on the episode. Oh, now I'm happy about it. All right, cool. Down. All right. And that's one of the movies that made uh, other movie theaters mad because AMC made a deal where it's going to be on VOD in like a month. Oh, okay. So AMC is like the only one showing it. Sorry, AMC. Learn, yeah, like learn to compete. Or, or I guess the other ones, yeah. Regal and, and Cinemark. Um, real so, quick, what, what do you realize that last week Goosebumps was the biggest movie? Yeah, I told you it was going to be. Oh, no one listens to me. Yeah. I swear to God, no one listens to me on my own fucking podcast. Uh, did, did you see Goosebumps? No, I wanted to, huh. but uh, last week I was so busy that it sucked. That I was surprised I was able to get two movies in. It's like a, it's like PG. Yeah, <laughs> I heard it's not bad though. I've read I read a lot of those books. I don't know. Oh, I did too. I used to I used to have every time my school had a book fair, I'd always buy one. Sure. And I loved the uh, Night of the Living Dummy. I think they made three of them, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And I love to. This is how much of a nerd I was. I don't know if you guys had it when you know because you're younger than me. But when I was in school, they used to give you. I don't know if it's once a month or every couple months. Is basically a newsprint that had books you could order from Scholastic. Yeah, like book fair. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. Totally. And so you could always order them. I always order them, and I'd always just get the Goosebumps book, and I love to see what colors the Goosebumps logo was in okay. and stuff. Sure, and yeah, because everyone was, you know, this one's red and orange, this <laughs> yeah. one's blue. Ooh. I, I I probably read about thirty or forty of those books. Anyways, James, <laughs> yeah, what's <laughs> my goosebump story? <laughs> uh, no, I was just bringing it up because I saw it on there, and I was like, okay, whatever. Hmm. So, so what are we thinking is gonna well, do what well? Comes out next week, I can't remember. It's like there's like nothing. It's just scouts um, versus the zombies. Uh, I think it's let's see, our brand is crisis. Oh, that's a Sandra Bullock movie. And you know something interesting about that film? Uh, the lead was originally George Clooney's. And he gave it to her because she said there's no good female lead movies that she wanted to do. So George Clooney said, hey, I have this one if you want to do it. And that's how she got that role. Because hmm. George Clooney agreed with her. Because that's the only way that Sandra Bullock can get cast. Um, <laughs> wow. 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 I think that's it. Yeah, so then... Um, Everybody's making room for well. I mean, Steve there's, Jobs. There's been eight movies that have come out in the last two weeks. Maybe they're I know. getting it to breathe. They really because should space them out more. The week after that is Peanuts and Spectre. So, oh, oh it's like Spectre's only like two weeks away. Yeah, yeah. shit. You, what's wrong with Daniel Craig? I don't he's know. He's just talking being an ass so much like, shit about James Bond lately. Yeah, I and mean, really, dude, you're supposed to be promoting. This. I guess he doesn't want to do it anymore. No. He said he'd rather slit his wrist than be James Bond again. What? So he'd I, rather commit suicide. <laughs> okay, so he's he's certainly going way too far, but I will ask you this. Name me the last non-James Bond Daniel Craig movie you saw. Um, Die Another Day. No, I mean, what's the one with... No, <laughs> no, 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 no. The last movie J- Daniel Craig was in that wasn't James Bond. I know, that's what I mean. What was the one with Pierce Bronson that has Die in it? Uh, die, die Another Day. Oh, Die... Oh yeah, die another die day. Die another day. No, no, no. I'm no, no. I'm not well, asking for a James Bond film. No, that's the last one I saw. Uh, no, I'm asking for a film with Daniel Craig in it. Oh, Daniel Craig. It does not have <laughs> James Bond in it. Um, it does. Watching <laughs> Road to Perdition count. <laughs> well, yeah, like no. that, or like Munich, or like Layer Cake, or mm. I mean, yeah, but but that was all like forever. Oh, six. So yeah, whatever. exactly. Why? You, I don't get why people. So I don't, I'm just I'm just saying his career has actually gone downhill. Yeah. Even though he is James Bond. So you're trying to make an excuse for him for being an asshole? No, 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 no. He shouldn't be an asshole. I'm saying that there is good reason for him to be bitter. Is that a lot of times, you know, like, uh, Matt Damon can go do Jason Bourne movies and then 
escape and go do something else. Is that really but other people's fault or is it Daniel Craig's fault because he's an asshole? I think that a person might blame it on that, but it's he'd be wrong because he was famous before he was James Bond. Yeah. Unlike like Pierce Brosnan... Now, I'd have to go back because I was pretty young, but I don't know that I really knew who Pierce Brosnan was before James Bond because it wasn't like Dante's Peak and that kind of stuff after I, I GoldenEye. I certainly did not. Yeah, so, I yeah. certainly didn't. But the thing is, too, you have to make better career choices because the, the, the movies that he was in, was it uh, The Glass House or whatever it was called? Uh, it's some stupid horror film. you got to make better career choices because you can take someone, um, I don't know. He's been in you a lot of You can say Matt Damon, who yeah. does these kind of movies, and then he says, oh, you know what? I'm actually going to do this one. And you know what? It might be because of his attitude, and people don't want to work with him because be. he's a fucking asshole. Uh, Cowboys versus Aliens. Oh, yeah, there That's we go. That's not really the last one. I'm just trying to think of one. But yeah, I, I, I'm i just saying he's, he's done a lot of garbage, agreed. Um, but I could see how he might be somewhat bitter. Um, but yeah. Bet the $20 dumb. million dollar paychecks make up for it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, who gives a shit? Like... Uh oh, girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah, that movie's. Oh good. sure, yeah, okay. Yeah, but that genuinely is the last non-bond, other than that. The, that had to have been right around um Quantum of Solace, like right in that time frame, right? <sighs> it was definitely after Casino Royale. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think it was in between uh Quantum of Solace and um Skyfall. Okay, right? Yeah, because Solace is two thousand eight. Dragon tattoo is eleven. Shit, yeah. Okay. Um, so 11, he was on fire. So he had Dragon Tattoo, Cowboys and Aliens, um, Adventures of Tintin. All um, underperformed. Because he, he's Red Rackham in, in there. Um, so yeah, he was doing a lot of stuff in 2011. And Skyfall was 12? Uh, Skyfall was, yeah, 12. Yeah. And then he's literally not done anything since. Um, like some voice acting, or no, some superhero superheroes unite for BBC Children in Need. Like, um, <laughs> some bullshit there. <laughs> um, like again, I don't know why that's funny to me. I think all those movies though underperformed. Cowboys and Aliens, yeah. Dragon Tattoo, and yep. Tintin. Yep. So oh, yeah. I mean, he, and not not his fault. Not his fault. I mean, and Dragon Tattoos, lots of rape. Yeah, Adventures of Tintin. Nobody in America understands that movie's great. That movie's great. And uh, Cowboys and Aliens, people is, people okay. are yeah, it's a fun movie and people misjudge it. Yeah. And, Again, make better career choices. Agreed. Agreed. Or just work more. He (laughs) hasn't done anything in four years. Well, how do you repair your image if, you know, people are like, oh, you're James Bond? I mean, you. There's there's so much garbage out there being made. That's what I mean. You go the Ben Affleck route. Remember when he was making shit movies and everyone was shitting on him? He's like, fuck it. I'll make movies that I want to make and I'll be behind the camera and I slowly transition myself. From being behind the camera, making serious movies and good movies, to being an actor that people take seriously again. And it paid off. Well, I, don't, I don't mean like go do, uh, you know, Armageddon. What I mean is like, or, or, uh, some of all fears. What I mean is like, usually when an actor does that or they get typecast, they'll go, they'll do indie movies, they'll, like, that guy could get a role. That's what I'm saying. That guy's That's famous what ben enough. Affleck he did, could though. go pull. Right. He went behind the camera. Yeah. And yeah. then he made roles for himself in the town. Right. And Argo. And then people are like, oh, he's awesome. Right. Again. And right. so then he did Gone Girl. And now he's fucking Batman. Yeah. So you can do it. I'm just saying. Yeah. He. But even without like. Call me Daniel Craig. I'll cancel not, your career. He's not that. <laughs> <laughs> he's not that in the woods or anything like that. Like he's. Nobody speaks ill of him until now when he starts shooting his mouth off. Like now he's going to have a hard time getting cast. Because everybody's going to be like, great. It's kind of like Daniel Tr- or Josh Trank, right? Yeah. Josh Trank will never work again. So the more you shoot your mouth off, the more people don't want to work with you. 
So it's too bad. And, and I've heard I he's an looking, asshole. I was looking forward to Layer Cake too. I've 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 read stories on the Hollywood Reporter about him not being a nice guy. Yeah, that's too bad. Be nice, like Bruce Willis. Behave. That's Behave. what Austin Powers would say. Yeah. What do we do next? What are we on? I don't even know. Oh, we were doing stats and it all fell apart. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. News because uh, we don't know what's going to win next what week. What we've been Can watching? We... Sure. Okay. Oof. Uh, this week I didn't watch too much, I, I, but I watched, I guess I kind of did. I watched some weird stuff. My wife is a big American Horror Story fan. Yeah. And so the new one is Hotel right. and it stars Lady Gaga and it's... Does she play an alien? No, she plays a vampire. Okay. And uh, Wes Bentley, I think that's his name. Is he's the bad guy in Ghost Rider? Sure. Um, I think that's him. Anyways, so in it, it's so it's, I literally just got ghostwriter and drive angry and confused. And I, I was about to be like, no, that's Billy Burke. And I was like, oh no, not no, no. Um anyways, so in it she plays some vampire named the Countess and she runs a hotel and she has people come over and she kills them, I guess. I don't know, but the the writing is so stilted and the the way they sh- the way they shoot the the series, it really started bugging me yeah. uh during Freak Show. And I, my wife likes it and that's cool. I mean, I know a lot of people like it, but they do a lot of Dutch angles and I call it the Tom Hooper problem <laughs> where it's really it's weird too close. close. Yeah. And, but then they try to make it creepy by just turning it 45 degrees. And to me, it's just obnoxious. And so in this one, not quite as much, but I will say for an FX show, there's literally a part in it where Lady Gaga wants to convert this one dude to a vampire and she does. And then all they do is like have sex for like five minutes. But there's a part where he's like doing her from behind in the bathtub and you see her like him like pounding her butt and like, I'm like, whoa, this is on FX. And I mean, it's not like, oh, you can just see like sheets covering it. No, she's in a bathtub and you see, but besides the point, the, the show's not good. Um, <laughs> because there's this part where even with some butt pounding, yeah, it's not good. So there's a part where the, <laughs> Who I guess predicted here's the thing is that I so bored with it that I started busting out my iPad and like doing yeah. shit and then I, watch some more and there's a little boy in it who's dead but her but his sister saw him at the, in this hotel and so he uh comes or she comes home and she says oh, i saw our dead brother and then the acting by west bentley he's like he's dead he's dead it's so like melodramatic and horrible that I, I look over at my wife and I don't say anything because I've been in trouble before when I say shit during our shows. <laughs> and I look over at her and she's just, like watching it like enthralled. And I don't know if I feel bad for my wife because <laughs> this is what she thinks is good or I don't know. It, it's bad. It's it's so poorly acted. And I don't know if it's poorly acted or the writing is so piss poor. And then the camera work is so piss poor. It looks great. I mean, it, it looks beautiful, but do you think, so, do you, like, do you, have you always had this opinion about American Horror Story? Yeah. Okay. So I really, um, I really liked the opening sequence of the first season. 
Yeah. And then that show just became garbage. Yeah. And then the second season I love, but I love it because it's like it gave up, right? Mm-hmm. So the first season was like trying to be a good horror show, um, but it was just so convoluted and dumb yep. that it, that it all fell apart. So in the second season, they just lean into the convoluted n- nature, right? So there's like, there's aliens, there's like weird slashers going on. Like, it's just crazy. Um, they end up, uh, and then in season three, like, you got, you got undead Kathy Bates who's been buried in the ground for like 80 years or no, 120 years comes out and she's crazy and getting tortured by, some other voodoo lady and like it's just full of nonsense and it's just way over the top and it's so silly that it's kind of entertaining is this like that no the problem is is i think they want to treat themselves seriously and it's just not good and the thing the show looks great but too now i think it's going for shock now we have lady gaga on there and actually she's not bad in it but we have lady gaga on there we're gonna push the envelope we're gonna push the envelope and i feel that way a lot about fx shows ever since they got I don't know if in trouble is the right word, but kind of chastised for the Sons of Anarchy sex scene those like two yeah. years ago. Yeah. So now it's like, oh, we're just going to keep on pushing it. We're going to keep on pushing it. And that's fine. I don't care that much about pushing the envelope. But when it doesn't really service the story, I don't care. You know, why am I seeing them having sex in a bathtub? I don't mm. care. So let me ask, especially because one of the movies that I saw that you saw last week has like a sex scene that is actually an important yeah. film like a really intelligent sex scene. exactly anyway um because there's a really in the that film does it drive the plot it it drives character i don't know it that i've ever seen a character in the film yeah yeah and it, it pushes the plot forward it's really weird to say this but the sex scene in crimson tide in, in crimson peak is one of the most intelligent sex scenes i've ever seen in a film absolutely i agree with you 100 percent. but no weird. this does not push and i don't the story yeah it's so, for shock because the vampire boyfriend lady gaga had before comes back and is jealous so there's a really important question and something that you haven't brought up yet that if you say no to this question then we can just move on because who the fuck cares is jessica lang in this show yes oh good huh no ah no then why even make the season she's the uh, kathy bates and who's the other she's the best thing about season one through three why even make the show if you don't get her back um ah Yeah, she's not. Sorry. As you, cause you, as you were talking, I was like, he hasn't brought up Jessica Lang. Why hasn't he brought up Jessica <laughs> yeah, Lang? Yeah, she's not. Uh, it's wh- the other lady, not Kathy Bates, but who's the other? She's been in all of them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The other one. Yeah. Uh, I, I know. She's actually a famous about. actress. I don't know why I can't remember her name right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so meh on Horror Story. Uh, The Walking Dead had maybe one of the best episodes I've seen in a long time. Really? Uh, it's called JSS and did you watch the season premiere? No, I haven't. I've been trying to catch up because I was behind. Uh, so, it, well, the season, go ahead. The season premiere, you've, have you read the comics? Yeah. So, you know, the hordes of zombies where it's hundreds of zombies. Right. So in the season premiere, there's a rock quarry that's full of thousands of zombies. And they're about to get out. So Rick says, we're going to herd them a certain way. So they stay away from Alexandria. That's why the town's been safe for so long, because basically all these zombies are trapped in this rock quarry. So as at the... As the season premiere ends, uh, a horn blares from Alexandria, so then the zombies start heading that way. And so, you don't know why. So this episode actually takes place in Alexandria while Rick and everybody else is doing that. And it starts with Carol and um, the other ladies there, you know, arguing over, like, housewife stuff. And uh, one of the, my favorite moments from last season is Carol is playing kind of this, oh, I'm an innocent housewife. I don't know how to use a gun. And everybody knows she's a total badass. And... 
it's really chilling because there's this great scene where Carol is baking something and she looks out her window and one of the residents of Alexandra steps out her door and starts to smoke. And then like out of nowhere with no sound comes this dude and like chops her in half. And so they're under attack from the wolves. And so the whole episode is them fighting off the wolves and Carl has like a badass moment in it. And um, the opening is with this girl who came to Alexandria and uh, her motto is JSS just survive somehow. And it shows her eating a turtle raw. And it's just like a really cool scene uh, episode. So it's maybe it's, it's really strong. It's better than the season premiere. The season premiere was good, but this one is great character moments. So is this season five, six, I, I saw through the last thing I saw was a little bit of the one with the town and yeah, the, that's season and, five. And the, the governor. Oh no, no, that's, no, no, he means the first. Time. Oh, that's Woodsbury. So yeah. season two. Yeah. Um, no, I saw, I saw like past the prison and then like the one, but he like, he's got his daughter kept up and then there's jars with heads or whatever. Oh yeah. That's Woodsbury. That's season still, that's four, two, two season three, three or four. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. It spans two and three. I'm, I'm very behind on that show. Apparently. Yeah. But if yeah. you want to check it out, it's really good. Um, so I always like when there's shocking moments and I think the walking dead can still deliver those. Uh, the movies I watched this week is I watched Jurassic world. Um, and what, was really cool about it is I put it in and my little boy, uh, it started and he like crawled up on my, my lap and he just sat and watched the whole movie. He just sat in my lap and every once in a while he turned back at me and go, <laughs> like he would ask me questions. I don't know if he was asking me about the movie, but it was super fucking cute. And he just sat there and watched the whole movie. And then when it was over and I put him down, he was going around going, rawr, rawr, and I thought it was a great dad moment where my son sat and watched a whole, Jurassic World uh, dinosaur movie. And um, it still has you, a plot. And, you could have him Jurassic Park. Uh, and James is just uh, cynical, and they didn't make the movie he wanted them no, to make. No, it's uh, not that at all. It's that that movie is messy and poorly written and poorly acted, and the mm, CG is constantly bad-looking. You know what's funny? is You said that, and I watched the making of that, and those parts where you said CG is not CG. Just wanted to let the you Raptors? know. The Raptors? Yeah. The raptors are CG. When their heads are in there, they added CG for the eyes, but everything else is actually there. I just wanted to let you know that it's not CG. Hey, just for the record, I I also fucking hated Jurassic World. Good. Yeah. It, it, good. Was, a, it was a mess. It was a like, movie is a mess. Like I, I think it's a shame that it made so much money because it just reinforces. Let's just make shitty Hollywood big movies that don't really matter, and then we will just make more of those because that's what makes all the money. Good. I just wish that the scene on the train had anything to do with that movie. I wish uh, that those well, kids there was divorced. a part in the wish- movie where she said, "Please don't leave those kids alone," because uh, Gray is mean to Zach when they're alone, or Zach. I yeah. forget. I forget the kids. Names. I know. And then that's even inconsistent. And then he's mean to him, and then he realizes he's being mean he's- to him. Well, he be- realizes he's, he's being mean, mean to sometimes him, he's and not. he's like, maybe I shouldn't be mean to my little brother. It's in- no, he never has that realization. Yes, he sometimes does. he's mean, Watch sometimes he's again. not. I saw the movie, and the whole time I'm going like, wait, wait, you said he was going to be mean. Why isn't he being mean? Oh, now he's being mean. Now he's not being mean. Now he's being mean again. You had a nice older brother, James, okay? Yeah, I did. You didn't I, have an older I brother that want- was mean all the okay, time. Okay, all right, so how about this? Steve Jobs, no, I can't, I can't use that as an example yet, but like, no, there has to be some consistency. The, the script needed anyone to rewrite it, anyone to rewrite that script. Like, it, it's, it's so disappointing. Like, it just feels so rushed. There's the part where, uh, like, they all kind of meet up in the park, like, half, halfway through a little bit afterwards. Uh, the kids finally get back or whatever. Yeah. And Bryce Dallas Howard, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she, like, saves everyone. She, like, saves Chris Pratt or saves the kids or whatever. 
shoots a dinosaur or whatever it is. I, I, I have fucking no idea. And then, like, eight seconds later, the kids are like, we want to go with Chris Pratt, not you, even though you were just a badass for the first time and the last time in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I still think it's a fun movie. I, it, she I really she is a badass that. when she's standing there holding the flare. Yeah. And, oh, and, and, dude, that and, part and, where she gets out the T Rex, I love it. That, that like that's that's cool. I like that part. That's of that what movie. I wanted. I like her at that moment in that movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, moving along, I just thought it was cute that my little boy watched the whole movie. I like your kid a lot. He's yeah. Cool. That's that that's that's a legit thing <laughs> yeah. to to have had happen to you. Uh, so that's good. Uh, so Scream Factory last week released the Tells from the Crypt movies on Collector's Edition Blu-ray. And so I watched them, and yeah, they're still pretty fun. <laughs> um, Demon Knight is still a really, actually, a pretty good horror film. Um, it's like a horror comedy blend in campy, like Tells from the Crypt. Is it Demon Knight with a K? Yeah. Cool. Because the guy... Cool with a K. Yeah, so William Sadler's <laughs> character in it is named Breaker, and his job is to hunt demons, so he's the Demon Knight. Oh, and, okay. uh, I, w- I was hoping it was going to be like... Uh, like Black Knight, only with demons. No, it was like somebody goes back in time to fight demons in the in middle medieval times. And I, I mentioned a few weeks ago on the podcast, I thought it was not original Tales from the Crypt script, and it wasn't. Uh, they actually the second film is Bordello of Blood, which they actually were going to make first, but then they realized it wasn't good, and so they made Demon Knight, and Billy Zane's in it, and he plays this crazy demon, and. It's basically like a night living dead with demons in it. It's pretty fun. And the Crypt Keeper is really funny in it. Uh, yeah. So if you want to see a, a demon siege movie, I can see Demon Knight. It's a lot of fun. I remember I was on my top 10 list from 95 and it's still one of my favorite films from that year because it's still pretty fun. Uh, the making of it's really good in it. Uh, Scream Factory always goes above and beyond on their special editions. Bordello of Blood stars Dennis Miller and Angie Everhart and Erica Laniac. And it's what it is. It's a brothel full of vampires. And uh, the movie is meh. Like, it's not that great, but it still has that campiness to it. That's pretty fun. Um, like when Dennis Miller and Chris uh, Sarandon, who is, plays a preacher in it, are killing the vampires and they're playing ballroom blitz is pretty fun. And they're like, they're all blowing up and shit. Uh, and then like the, the Angie Everhart's not very good in it. It's her first role and she's a supermodel. And so you're like, eh. And so I watched the special features and it was really cool because Bob Zemeckis wrote this script when he was in, uh, like college and it was a piece of shit. And the only way they could get him to stay at Universal is if they bought that script and made a film out of it. So they made Tales from the Crypt Bordello of Blood. Really? Yeah. Like what? Because he so loved that script? Cause they were going to take him to DreamWorks. And they, uh, Universal did not want to lose him. Oh, so, so because they bought a script of his, yeah, that meant that they were still working with him. He was exactly still so under he, contract. So he okay. was an executive producer on it. I thought it was like that was his bargaining thing. Was like, if you guys don't want me to leave, you have to buy this shitty old script of mine. And no, they're like, so if you buy, if we, their basis says if we buy the script, you'll stay with us. And I don't know what yeah. Bob Zemeckis made after that, but yeah. Um, anyways, so what's great about this making of on here because the making of was more entertaining than the movie is. They had the producer, I forget his name, but he was really funny because he said, yeah, what can I say about Bordeaux of Blood? It's a piece of shit. And uh, it was horrible. And then they cut to Corey Feldman and he says, you know, I made friends with everybody, a lot of people when I work on movies. Bordeaux of Blood is the only movie set I didn't make any friends. <laughs> and then they cut to, you know, whatever. And it comes back to him. And I guess uh, Dennis Miller refused 
to meet with Corey Feldman and have lunch and stuff. And then he also refused to come out of his trailer and shoot uh, coverage with other actors. Basically what that means if people don't know. So if I'm like talking to you and um, the camera's focused on me, you're still there, even though it's may- might be your shoulder or the top of your head or whatever it is. And he would refuse to come out and like help his fellow actors. And he rewrote the script to tailor his inflections and the way he talks and so the actors like Corey Feldman would say we would be on the set and there'd be the script supervisor lady reading Dennis Miller lines and we had no idea how to act with it because he has a certain way of delivering things Mm. and they said so we had no idea how to play off it and I was thinking about it and I was like really and so after the documentary I went back and I just watched scenes with him in it and he literally isn't in scenes and I, was, I didn't even think about it before, but there'd be scenes with, let's say, Angie Everhart or Erica Laniac. Yeah. And it would just be them on screen. You wouldn't see like his head or anything. I was like, wow, what a fucking dick. And I guess they, he refused to do it unless they paid him a million dollars. And that was, I don't know, probably a quarter of the budget. And he was just a dick. And then Corey Feldman tried to go, uh, go out to lunch with Erica Laniac, who plays a sister in it. And she refused to do anything with him. Like she wouldn't go out and have hmm. lunch or all that stuff. That's horrible. And he, he said that story and then it went to her and she said, yeah, I remember saying I wouldn't do anything with him. Like, wow, what <laughs> a fucking shit. bitch. <laughs> Man. And I, and here's the thing is I've heard stories, uh, from Blu-rays and DVD special features about how much of a dick Corey Feldman is. Yeah. And you see him on here. It's like, oh, maybe he's not so bad. And he's like reaching out and these people. And then that those stories are not only confirmed by the producers, uh, the special effects guys. Just saying it was like hell working with Dennis Miller. And and then you, then I went back and I looked at Dennis Miller's IMDb page. That's really the only movie he's in besides like cameos. Yeah. Because that got around. It's like, dude, he wouldn't even be in a movie that he got paid probably six times more than anybody else. He wouldn't even show up on set to say, say, hey, how are you? Like just would have nothing to do with them. And I guess when he went promoted the movie, he's like, uh, yeah, it's a piece of shit. You know, that kind of thing. Like yeah. the Josh Trank. Right. And so the making of it was really fascinating. Well, to be fair to Josh Trank, Josh Trank said, Hey, I was trying not to make it a piece yeah, of shit. I guess so. <laughs> and then, and then Corey Feldman said a really funny, uh, Angie Everhart was engaged to Sylvester Stallone at the time. Okay. And the reason she got that job is because Joel Silver was a producer and he made fair game with Cindy Crawford. And he said that supermodels being in movies is the next big thing. And so Sylvester Stallone says, Uh, yo, put, uh, put my, fiance in it and so they did and she had no formal acting training before and she's supposed to carry a movie and it's not that good man so yeah so that was really fun like this the making of it was really fun i can't wait to listen to the commentary i love making of where they're just like legit not oh it was so much fun working with so-and-so but when they tell you exactly what happened it makes it more fun to watch making ofs and that's what i watched this week (laughs) cool very cool dan what'd you watch this week Fuck James. Um, so we, uh, James and I, went and saw Crimson Peak last night. Nice. Hey, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I thought it was fun-ish. Yeah, it's okay. I didn't love it. Um, I liked the mood of it. I liked some of the kind of visuals of you know that 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 house and how kind of like grand but also shitty it was. And yeah, um, I thought that was pretty good. I'll let you talk about the the spoon thing. Oh, dude. So the sound design is like the best sound design I've heard in a long time. It, I just liked hearing that movie. Um, 
and it came to like a culmination when there's the scene where she's um she's hurt and she's in bed and or, or she's sick and she's in bed and the sister comes in to give her the porridge and so she's spooning the porridge oh, yeah, and she's yeah. scraping the spoon across the cup and it's just like i was writhing in my chair because both the song the sound was such a horrible sound but was also such a wonderful sound that i was like happy and annoyed at the same time it was Um, it was done really well oh it was so good and so many of the like the creepy noises in the background and just like you know and and what which ones were recognizable and which ones weren't, you know, cause sometimes you'd hear a noise and you'd be like, that's a, a certain kind of animal or that's kids, you know, it's kids playing, but in a way that sounds very specific, like, it, you know, mm-hmm. um, like it just sounds really good. Um, and yeah, I, I, I liked it. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't as, uh, impactful as I think I was, I was hoping it to be. I, I think I thought it was going to be, um, a bit more psychological, you know, in a way. Yeah, like I didn't really know what to expect out of it. Yeah. Um, and I, and what it was, I guess, is cool. I guess, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if I were to be really harsh, I, I would say that it, what it really is is sort of a, a gothic romance movie. Um, and as such, it's not the best romance movie. But if it's not that, then it's a, a horror movie. And if it's a horror movie, I don't know that it's the best horror movie. Right. You know? Um, and that's me being like super critical of the film. Um, because I did enjoy it. I think it's, I think it's pretty. I like the story it's telling. Um, I just don't think, I, I feel like it's actually less than the sum of its parts. Um, there's, uh, the, the whole beginning sequence, like that story is really good of her deciding to marry this guy who's, and then going away with him. And, you know, um, but I think the way that, that, opening section that sort of first act is chopped up and there's so much going on you know so many different scenes where i feel like you could probably take that story and push it squeeze it into just a couple scenes and it would be a bit more effective because it was it was moving so much that i i don't know that i really got to connect with those characters as much as i would want to um but then when we get to when we get to the house then edith just like becomes fantastic and i already liked her like i liked her intelligence i liked you know she was very um just a little reserved a little like, like yeah but like a bit there's like there's a lot to the line earlier where people where the the other girls are like picking on her and saying that she's going to be there jane austen and she's like I'd, I'd rather be mary shelley um and that sort of like primes the character for yeah, you for me that's uh what the movie was i i thought it I think gothic romance is the best way to describe it because yeah. it is, it is Frankenstein. It is. Yeah. Oh, it's because if you've read Frankenstein, it's not, it, it's not the horror film people think it is. No. It's, you know, it's Victor and his creation, but this one, she actually even tells you what's going to happen in it, in right. her, her story she writes. Right. Because she says straight up, like, yeah. this is, it's just a, it's a story with a ghost in it. And there's not supposed to be a romance, but there is one. Exactly. You and, know? And I actually, I, I thought the movie was really good and I, I think Tom Hiddleston is so good at playing the kind of bad guy. Right. There's something really charming about that man. And I mean, I mean, I, yeah, he's good looking and he has a cool English accent, but he plays that slyness Mm -hmm. so well. And even this sounds really weird, but, uh, after, uh, Edith's, uh, father dies and she opens that letter and it's read to her. I just love the way he, he's able to convey 
emotion when he's reading it. And it's just a voiceover. Yeah. And because uh, the scene before where he's really mean to her and then he tells her because you know that he's plotting to get her. Right. Because you originally think he's the one who murdered her father. Yeah. Because he wants her to come there. And then you realize that he actually does love these women and his his sister is really the crazy one. Right. And uh that's why too you know they're doing tea here what the what are they putting in the tea um it's but no i i thought the movie was beautiful i thought it was really well done um it's different it's a slow moving movie yes. which there's not a lot of those anymore um but towards the end where it kind of takes a turn to slasherville uh it's really good it goes really fast yeah yeah, yeah like really uh, like audience reactions to oh, stabbings yeah. and things oh yeah that Man. that that like, I, like right. <laughs> I i've i heard more like audible gasps and like you know people um oh when he gets it in the forehead oh man they're in the cheek it's in oh, the, the cheek, cheek. Yeah, That's yeah, right. yeah yeah oh yeah that yeah. one's oh then oh. his i come oh. yeah and you single tear of blood yes yeah. uh-huh oh no it's good um <laughs> and it's funny the more like it's rough. I, I think I may have, this may be one that like, I might have to buy the Blu-ray and watch it a yeah. couple times as well because like, when I think about what she says the movie is, um, the idea that the, the, that the romance itself is also not supposed to be there, that really means that all this is is a movie, it's like a, um, it's, it's more like just a, female revenge film mm-hmm. sort of right where this this woman runs into it's rebecca to some degree it's this woman runs into this other woman this other woman does not like her and tries to kill her um and that's the whole story she also kind of falls in love or the guy kind of falls in love with her too mm-hmm. um and we, and to think of it about it that way to execute a film like that that also has ghosts in it and is a period piece and that kind of stuff to execute a film like that if you did it correctly the movie would be a masterpiece and because what you're doing is what you're attempting is so difficult that if you get it right it's a masterpiece this movie doesn't quite get it right so it's like it's hard to hold it against it when you're saying like you're trying to do something incredibly difficult and you didn't quite succeed for me, but you still made a fun film. What I did like too is the ghosts weren't the bad people, right? Love you know, that. that Love th- there's a lot of movies where they always try to make them, yeah. You know, even the, the way the movie was sold is the ghosts were evil. Yeah. Oh yeah, because and they the way that they shot, the way that they're designed yeah. is is like that. Um, I mean, when the mother first shows up, like she's creepy as hell. Yeah. Yep. Um. Yeah. But yeah, it, I mean, Jessica Chastain's really good in it. She's great, especially um, when she goes full on crazy. Oh, man, it's good. Yep. So uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed that film. I thought it was really well done. Um, yeah. yeah. It's another one I'm gonna. I I wish it'd come out before the end of the year. It's not going to, because I really want to watch it again. Yeah. But it's sure. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Crimson Peak, everybody, Crimson a film. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then a couple weeks ago, I also, uh, well, James and I and somebody else also went and saw Sicario. Nice. Ah, yes. Sicario's good. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, it's hard. It's rough. It's, it kind of hits you. Um, it's not a happy-go-lucky movie. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and especially just like the first, um, like when they get to um, got uh, Juarez, mm-hmm. and they're they're all in the they're on the the kind of convoy in the cars. It was right about the time that the homeless man started taking his shower in our theater. <laughs> God, yeah. Um, you, I'll let you worry about that. Oh, no, in, I, in I told bit. that I told that oh. story when we talked. Oh, about did you? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, I'm just still bitter, man. Just just like how um, you, you guys probably touched on it, uh, but just how. Um, Emily Blunt is the kind of 
um, connection to the audience over like what the fuck is happening in this movie? Oh, yeah. Um, and she and like when she goes, what the fuck are we doing? Or like what exactly what she says there? Like I I totally believed her. Oh yeah. Like, I don't Emily Blunt. I don't know. Yeah. When she kills that dude, she's like, what the fuck is yeah. happening? Uh, I tell you, I love this fucking movie so much. Yeah. I, I just and I I've already been in love with Emily Blunt, and then I see her in this. I'm like, God, I love her. <laughs> she, she's cool she's great she's cool because she's also in a role that what i like about her she does roles where it's not about how pretty she is it's how badass or how great of an actress she is yeah like and, i i actually saw into the woods yeah she's great in she that. was really good in that she's pretty cool in edge of tomorrow <laughs> oh pff, dude um edge of tomorrow she's she's the star of edge of tomorrow i know she, it's a tom cruise vehicle but yeah She's the glue of that movie. It's like just the right amount of, of humor that mm-hmm. she'll kind of pepper in here and there. And yep. it's, it's really good. She's, she's great. Um, and then actually, uh, I thought like the last fifth of Sicario was less enjoyable. Um, be- mostly because it wasn't what I wanted. And that's not really fair to the movie, but, um. Are you saying that because the ethical question is, is, is not what you wanted or you didn't want it to not, I, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can take or leave an ethical thing like that. Um, but I didn't, um, I wanted there to be more likable people on the movie than mm-hmm. just Emily Blunt and her friend. Uh huh. Um, yeah, yeah, that's tough. You know, it's, I think that's what that, uh, that director, Jack, Bris- kind of... Jack Bristow, Jack Bristow's character is <laughs> yeah. still likable. Yeah. He's not, a, he's not in the end of the movie, but yeah. But yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying because it's hard to latch on to people. And that's why I think Emily Blunt's performance in that's so great is because you're with her on the ride because you don't know what's happening in the film at all. And you slowly start figuring it out along with her. And it, it's, yeah, I love that movie. I, I, it'll probably be my top 10 if I haven't, uh, yeah, blushed about it enough. It's, yeah. it's pretty dope. Um, yeah. So Sicario comes recommended. Uh, did 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 you mention to these guys about when I found Big Daddy stuff on YouTube? Do you remember this? No, I have not told this okay. story. So a few months ago, I had a song stuck in my head as it, uh, and I remembered it from the opening credits of Big Daddy. As it turns out, it was um, "Passing Me By" by The Far Side. I don't mm-hmm. know if you, if you remember it all, but. In order to go find it at the time, I was like, no, I remember it's at the beginning of Big Daddy. So I went on YouTube and I was searching like Big Daddy opening sequence or Big Daddy or whatever. And there are multiple, more than one instances of somebody showing you like they will put in like like they're, they're, they turn a camera on, point it at their TV and then put Big Daddy in their VCR and start it. And it's the like eight minutes between when the tape starts and the movie starts of like, here's the... Um, yeah, you know, here's like the the TriStar logo or whatever, and <laughs> right. here's the FBI thing, and here's like the two trailers that were on the tape, hmm. and then the movie starts and the, the YouTube video ends, and there are more than one of these. Really? Yeah. For Big Daddy, though, for not big, for other. For films. Big Daddy. What, what's the trailer? Why? They, why would they do that? I don't know. And and so and so that got me going. Like, did people do this for other movies? I went and looked for like Titanic, like an Apollo, thir- like n- big nope. movies. Nope. Sure. Nothing. Really. My best I, well, I have no idea what the fuck. It was the weirdest thing. That is weird. Um, and it, I just, I'm still baffled. Like, like I remember being a kid and like putting this tape in and then knowing like, oh man, I can't wait for the movie to start. But this other stuff's in the front too, and I like this stuff too. Of like, it, or maybe it's these like two trailers for like whatever Disney thing. You know, when I'm when I'm like eight or whatever, when I'm like really young. Um, before I re- before I realized like, no fuck, I just want to like see the movie. Let's just fast forward all the shit. 
Um, is, like maybe they're trying to preserve some of that. I have no idea why they're there. It's super strange. Um, and then uh, I've been watching uh, season two of The Leftovers. Ooh. James has to get on that because it's good. Oh, did, you, you did like the first season a lot. I, right? I love the first season. Yeah, yeah uh, two has just kind of rough show. It's kind of got me in just the right way, just like the first one did. Um, you know, it's different enough. There are new characters. Cool. Um, it, there, there are there are returning characters. And Is that characters. the HBO Justin Terrio? Yes. yes. One? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the there was a a rapture of or sorts. Thoreau, what the fuck his name is? Th- Thoreau. Thoreau. Yeah. Yeah. Thoreau. I think it's Thoreau. It's Thoreau. Um. It. But uh, before I really knew what that's like, before I had watched that first season, I thought it was going to be a cool like kind of mystery about why was there a rapture, and that's not really what the show's about. It's about look how kind of fucked up these people are afterwards, hmm. um, and and how ha- and how they're trying to kind of keep everything together and you know some are succeeding some are not um, it's really like more about grief than anything else right like in, in a very general way because even um because that's, that's the closest emotion to what they are going through considering that like 10 percent of the population is gone it, um, it, i think it was two two percent is it only two it's only two i, I knew it, i knew it was startlingly small it's like a small number it's like you know it's a weird un explainable thing to begin with but yeah it's, yeah um but yeah this this second season is is good uh, i'm three episodes and i think the fourth will be tomorrow yeah um cool um and it's it's got me in just the right way my um my favorite character from the first one was um i can't remember her name <laughs> but but the woman whose husband and two kids depart yeah um she's my favorite character from the first one she's she's been good in this one so cool. she's had moments where i'm like fucking I knew I liked her. She's cool. So what is do I saw I remember seeing a trailer and like they go to a town called Miracle or something like that. What sort of different like so has, has a bunch of time passed or uh, what? An, an amount of time has passed and they they will kind of in the first few episodes they will tell you what has been happening in that time. Okay. But but kind of the the base of it is that eventually they will they move away and they move to this town I think Miracle Texas where nobody departed nobody nobody was raptured from Miracle Texas huh. and this town is now a weird like mecca slash national park of sorts huh. where, where people come from all over because you know maybe there's mystical <laughs> healing properties or or something maybe they're religious and safe there where they wouldn't be anywhere yeah. else um and so there's some kind of oddities surrounding that um uh the, the circumstances in which they actually move there are really funny um uh, there, there's an there's an auction for a house for for a house that that once you see the scene you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, cool. Yeah, it's just good. No, it's dope. I I, I I want to keep watching that. No, for sure. I will check it out. And then um, I think the only other thing I would want to mention is that I haven't I have not seen the Martian, but I want to. I did read the book. Yeah. The book was dope. Um, I was thinking I, about that when we started. It was like, oh shoot, we, he and I have still not seen the Martian again. So yeah, yeah we need to go because yeah, you were like I think that day it was like you want to go see the Martian or you want to go see Sicario and we landed on Sicario I think yeah um even though even though you had I ended seen up, the Martian. yeah I went to the Martian with yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it like it, it it is just like the the book is about like here's everyone just being nice to try to be good humans and get this guy back is that yeah. what the movie is yeah okay it's just like people and teamwork and per- yeah. Per- perseverance yeah. Pretty much, yeah. There's not like there's no villain in the book. It's not. It's not that kind of thing. Well, I mean, there is that scene where the alien from Mars walks over and starts <laughs> punching holes in his suit. Um, I think that guy's voiced pretty... by Seth Rogen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Paul shows up. There's just fart jokes and 
Come on, fucker. Just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like he. It turns out Paul is living in the space station with him and like smoking all his weed, <laughs> and the whole place smells like alien farts. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh, that was a really good Rogan laugh. That was good. Oh man, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I like. I'm kind of. I'm. I'm I really want to see it because I want to see. There's certain scenes I want to see if they do it. Um, the, the, I, I think I talked to you about this. The book is weird in that um, from the first page, it, you you kind of expect that it's going to be written um, just from Mark Watney. Do they pronounce it Watney in the movie? Watney, yeah. Okay. Um, and, and it's Actually, just they like, always pronounce it Watney. Watney, yeah. Um, and it's just him writing these logs over... Like the the first, like I think the first sentence in the book is uh, "I'm pretty much fucked" or something, something like that. Yeah. Um, and about, I'm going to science the shit out of this place in the book. Yeah, uh, I think. <laughs> nice. uh, yeah, it, it's got to be in there. Like, I mean, I don't know why they, they would put that in the movie and not the book. I, I, it, it's got to be in the book. Yeah. Um, and then about a third of the way through the book, they start telling the story in other ways. Um, but yeah. up until then, the first you know hundred pages or so, it's just it's all these logs that he's writing. There's uh there's nothing abstract like that in the film. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's like video diaries, but it's like him talking to us as if we're the video diary. If that sure. makes sense. Yeah. So I I don't really count that as like they, um, they don't do any like weird narrative things. Yeah, like like the the logs he's writing are all in first person. Yeah. Um, they do they do use the phrase steely eyed missile man though, yeah. which made me pretty happy. It's in the book, and then you told me it's in the movie, so that's good. Yep. Um, and then. Actually, closer to the end, um, or, or like it, it's in a few places. There are some instances where they will drop all of that, and it, it becomes this detached third-person narrative of yeah. talking about the astronaut. The astronaut did this. He he went there, hmm. um, and they. It's always it 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 after after two times of seeing it, you knew that whenever you saw that, it was oh something shitty is about to happen. Yeah, it was it was. Actually, don't understand why it's like that at all. Huh. Um, um, but apart from that, I, I really like the book, so I should go cool. see that film. You should, you should. it's good. Yeah. Cool. That's all I got, <clears throat> James. Uh, so other than Crimson Peak, I also um, I started watching Fargo. I've seen the first two episodes of season two of Fargo, um, which so far are pretty great. Um, if you watch the first season, basically this uh, season takes place. When the main character from the first season is a little girl, she's eight, something like that, seven or eight. Um, and she, uh, she's not really, she like, the main characters are, uh, her dad and her grandfather, uh, who are both cops in Fargo. Her dad's a state trooper. Her dad, her grandfather is, uh, um, a just city police officer. Um, and, there's let's see where to okay so they're introducing us some to like the minnesota mob to some degree so there's sort of this mob-like family um and the youngest of the three sons uh gets into an argument with this woman it's, the scene is great gets into an argument with this woman and uh ends up shooting her Shooting the, uh, they're in a diner at night, shooting the waitress running the diner as well as the cook, and then he runs out. And, um, so I, this is all in the first episode, so I, I'm not really spoiling anything, but I want to tell you what's happening just to intrigue people, especially if you watch the first season and you're like, oh yeah, I want to watch that, but I don't, like, you haven't pulled the trigger yet. <clears throat> so this young guy, after he kills these three people, he runs out into the street and he gets distracted. 
Um, and while he's distracted, uh, this car like smashes into him and he goes through the windshield. Um, clearly like just killed instantly. You have to think. And, and so it's a shot from pretty far away. And then the car just pulls away and drives off with him in the windshield. And that's the end of the first episode. And you're just like, holy shit. Like, who is in that car and why did they just drive off? Cause they clearly have no connection to him. Like, you know, that, that's sort of the, the, um, that is the big mystery in this season so far is this murder and how is that murder, you know, how is the, the murder of the people in the diner and then this guy's murder in the street going to all tie together and all these loose ends that get created from it? Um, and how are these people going to figure this stuff out? Um, you find out pretty quickly, like who is driving that car. Um, and, uh, it, it's starting to do a lot of the same stuff, right? A lot of like good people getting squeezed into really, really rough situations. Um, uh, Plemons, Jesse Plemons, who's from Friday Night Lights and he was in Black Mass. Uh, he's a good actor. He, he's this, he ends up having to, he's a, he's a good guy who wants to have a nice life but ends up being tied into this murder and ends up having to dispose of a body. Um, and you just know, like, that's not going to go well. Like, either he's going to break at some point or somebody's going to figure him out. Um, the thing that I'm skipping that's really curious to me, I, I mean, obviously, I like the show. I love the way the characters are written. Um, Ted Danson plays the grandfather uh, cop, and he's just been really fun. Like, there's this lightheartedness to a lot of the characters in the face of the violence that's going on that is is exactly what Fargo is known for um i don't know that i i don't know that i love patrick wilson's character the way that i loved uh the main character in the in the first season as much like she just really got into your heart and made you just like want to love that character so well and with patrick wilson like you know, he's just a good guy you know um but I'm not in love with the good guys in the show yet. Um, but I'm sure I will eventually. Uh, so the weird thing, though, is I mentioned that the guy goes out and he's in the street and he gets distracted. What he gets distracted by is potentially a UFO. Um, like there's lights in the sky and they look like, you know, they move weird. Like it's weird. Um, and I'm just very weirded out by the fact that they did that. Uh, and then they end the second season with... Um, uh, with the recording of the opening lines of War of the Worlds, as they do this shot of Jesse Plemons is a butcher, so you can imagine how he disposes of the body that he has to dispose of. Um, he, he puts it in a wood chipper. Very similarly. It looks yeah. like you got your friend in the wood chipper there. Uh, this, his friend is in a meat grinder this time. I have a dumb, ignorant question. Does, does the series Fargo have anything to do with the movie Fargo? Uh, not directly, no. Uh, or, um, or is it just a coincidence that it takes place in a play in Fargo and it, it's called Fargo? I mean, it's, it's based on the film, but none of the characters cross over, nothing like that. Okay. So the, the way I would explain it is this. The film Fargo and in the same way the television show Fargo, Posit the idea that this, that Fargo and the surrounding towns of Fargo, uh, North Dakota are really pleasant places full of extremely innocent people through which extremely evil people tend to pass and in their wake leave a lot of dead bodies. I love it when you say the word posit. <laughs> um, so 
what I mean by that is like there there are a couple of um there are a couple of just themes like the juxtaposition of innocence and evil that are very that that are tied to Fargo but the stories the story of the film the story of the first season and now the story of the second season are not really connected you know um there's also in this in the show they're starting to build some through lines so like there's these guys from Duluth uh in the first season that the way that they look visually is sort of like kind of Amish or something. Like I don't really know where they're from. And there's a similar set of guys in this show that makes me think that there is some evil organization out there and that those guys are all a part of it, you know, hmm. in, so, from both seasons. Interesting. Um, so I think that there's like little things that they're going to tie together, but I don't think they'll ever tie together to the, to the film. Uh, I would kind of be disappointed if they did. Um, sure. So it, it can, it can stand on its own. It can be its yeah, own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it does a good job of that. Cool. Um, oh, so I didn't finish my thought though that the last episode of season two is this shot from the butchery while that audio of, of the War of the Worlds is playing. And then it starts to like pull up into this awk, like, you know, looming shot from above the town. And you're just like, I am so confused. If they bring aliens in this show, I will be furious because it is such a great character drama. Um, I, th- I have a feeling it'll just be like a military thing, but like the way that they're building the mystery is really cool. <laughs> like it's just a, a subtle, neat thing. Um, there just had better not be aliens. <laughs> so, uh, I really like it, of course. Uh, not as strong as season one yet, but, uh, but it's still a fun show. So, uh, the very last thing that I watched, let me move along, is, um, you let me, uh, originally I was gonna not watch it, cause I, th- I think it's fun to go into movies that I don't think I'm gonna enjoy that are sequels to films made for 11-teen year olds. And um, me. What? And me. And you. <laughs> and, uh, and not have seen the movie that came before it, um, simply as a test of, hey, if this movie is, you know, can this movie really stand on its own? Um, but last, or two weeks ago, I was talking to you and Zach Eastman, and you guys were like, hey, Hunger Games 3, Zach was like, Hunger Games 3 is the movie that kind of got me into those movies. Like, that, that was sort of the one that convinced me. Um, and he was talking about Donald Sutherland and, uh, so anyway, and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to watch all these dumb 11 year old movies because I'm somewhat fascinated by them, um, and why they are. <laughs> so I watched The Hunger Games 3, which is called, what? Mocking, Mocking Jay, Jay Part, Part 1. 1. Right, okay. Um, and it's, it is a well-made, well-acted film in which some stuff happens. <laughs> But none of it is, none of it's by her really. Like, I don't, I don't think she does anything in the movie. I'm pretty sure she shoots down a ship with her bow and arrow. Yeah. Yeah, but that's like, and then she rallies people, you know, to fight. But but that's my point is like, she just talks, right? Like, she just talks through the whole, you know, like it's, it feels to me like. She sings a great song. That seems annoying as hell. <laughs> Our, um, like, I, I don't really know much about it, except that it is about, like, this, like, shitty dystopia that everyone lives in. And then there's this tournament every, every year, let's say, called the Hunger Games. And they right. pull, pe- like, kids out of each district to go do it. And then it's like a fight to the death thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so, so that's, that's what died. the first movie's about. Are there more tournaments in two and three, or so, or, or two or three about like no, like um, Jennifer Lawrence came along and she's so beautiful and such a badass that she put an end to it, and now it's just further stories in that world. That's a good question, Dan. So <laughs> the second film is the first film is Hey, there's a tournament. Sorry, the second film is Hey, there's a tournament again, but <laughs> okay, at the end of the tournament, she breaks some shit. And now there's not a tournament, and again, there's a revolution. Damn. And then the third one is like the revolution. All right. But the third one, they split into two. And so the first half, which is the film I'm talking about, is her talking about the revolution. And then the fourth one will be the revolution. <laughs> um, they need a whole two hours and 20 minutes to talk about the revolution. Y- yeah. Okay. Um, there's some weird shit in this movie. Like Natalie Dorman, Natalie Dormer, who's real pretty, and she shaves her head, and she looks like a badass. And in the posters, I was like, dude, I want to see her kick some ass. She's a director. She is not a ass kicker, which is too bad, but she's like a, she's like a war documentarian sort of person, right? So she goes out on the battlefield and like film stuff. She makes propaganda um, films. Yeah. She makes propaganda. Yeah. That, uh, um, but I was disappointed because I just from the posters, I was like, oh, I want to see her kick some ass. So does she do and that? She like Natalie do Dormer smirk? Of course she does. Okay, good. Of course she does. Somebody, I mean, it, it was a, some. Picture. I don't remember seeing it for sure, but I, I'm sure she does. There was some picture of her on some red carpet somewhere, just making that smirk, and then next to her, somebody put a, a picture of Lola Bunny from Space Jam, and they, they, they <laughs> look fucking identical. They yeah. totally um, do. And and uh, Natalie Dormer is fantastic. She's looking. a pretty lady. She's good. To she look can at. pull off the "I shaved half my hair off" thing. She's she's still very attractive with her half of her I, head. I shape. don't typically like that. I'll have to go look at some of those. She's a wonderful actress. She is. She's good. <laughs> she's good. And apparently a Thanks. great documentarian. Thanks for throwing us under the bus on that one. Yeah. That's really yeah. nice. Yeah, I like that like for once Ryan's not the one talking about like oh, I like that movie because there's boobs. Like we do it and then he's gotta throw us under I'm the bus. I'm not even saying that. I'm saying that she's like beautiful. Like that's yeah, I didn't like, say, there's like, a difference between I like tits Game of War because of Natalie Borman. She's beautiful. Wait, there's, if there's you want to see her difference. naked though guys game right of thrones. game of thrones yeah no i i know that's not if long you, before i turn that show fuck off a little boy game of thrones <laughs> oh does that happen yeah oh joffrey's like 20 she marries that dude uh, she's married the, to the, that the, the, guy. the younger one I, I don't think i've got there yet i've only watched like four episodes in season four okay i'm a little behind I'll, I'll... she was married to the gay guy oh but then he got killed by the ghost monster yep yep right so then she goes and marries joffrey yeah, and then some other stuff happens. Okay, and then and then she's banging. So, but she doesn't bang Joffrey. She bangs a different Joffrey. No, she bangs all kinds of people. Yeah. Oh, okay, banging left and right. Maybe I'll yeah. The last episode I saw, Joffrey died. Oh, yes. <laughs> all right. And so after I'll that, watch that. Is it after, after that, that um, Tommen becomes. Does he come? Cool? Does he die? Does he die cool? Actually, yeah. like, like uh, some people think so. I didn't think it was very satisfying. Oh. Um, Has he died? Do they do they like tie horses to each of his his arms, his wrists, and his ankles and he's, pull them he, apart? He's poisoned. Ah, oh, lame. Right, like it, it, it like it. He suffers. Is he poisoned with like uh with like drain cleaner? Where like his yeah yeah. They, 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 they went and got some like liquid plumber and pulled yeah. it out from under the counter and, and it melts through his throat. Um. No, like he he suffered for sure, but it was not like a gruesome like fucking hell yeah he deserved that bullshit yeah um it it wasn't like that at all also like a total aside here um reading some interview with him like that guy that actor apparently he he like I mean this was a couple of years ago at this point but he said like no after this I don't want to do anything else like he's just gonna he's just gonna do that and and have that be his thing and 
move on from acting. Huh. Maybe maybe that's changed since then. Maybe I'm half making this up in my head. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but but he was like he is so like that character is so hated and he is that he does that character very like he makes you hate that character. Yeah. Um so. Then it would be really hard for him to go and be like. I no, I don't think that's it at all. I th- I think he just says, "I just want to do this one thing and be good at being this shithead," and then that's it. His next film, Weekend at Joffrey's, <laughs> where, where all the la- all the pretty ladies come over to his apartment. He falls in love with one of them. The the Bachelor. Yeah, Joffrey. it's like the Bachelor, but you, <laughs> yeah, you want to like him. Um. Anyway, I, it was okay. Like it's, I I didn't love it. Um. What? But I, but I don't love any of these films, so I yeah. Yeah. So um, you break the the motto of real nerds, expecting no, every movie to be good. No, like I. It's like no, a David O. Russell. You just I refuse said, to believe his movies. I just be good. told you that I picked it up and borrowed it from you because you guys were like, "Hey, this convinced me," and so I was like, "Okay, cool. This will be the one." Like it. These movies can always turn around and be cool. Um, and early on, I was like, "Okay, like, all right." Um. But then she, I just like halfway through, I was like, she's not really doing anything. Um, she's just looking good. And she does that. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Lawrence is a very pretty lady. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. And a great actress. She's also a good actress, Ryan. She is a great actress. <laughs> I saw Silver Lions uh, play, but man. <laughs> she's great in that. She, she was really good in that, yeah. <laughs> as it turns out. Cool. Anyway, that's what I've been watching. I was, th- I was thinking about that movie. Like, Bradley Cooper, um, for like, um, yeah, what is it, Wedding Crashers? Yeah. Like, you just fucking hate him in that? Yeah. And then you get to something like Silver Linings Playbook, where he's, he's like really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a good actor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he, he's a good actor. I've loved him ever since The Alias. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> the, the Alias. The boyfriend in Alias. Yeah. No, no, not the, no, no. He's, the, uh, he's, he's the, the wannabe sidekick. boyfriend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, he's not the, not the fiance. Yeah. Not the fiance. Yeah. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we went and saw Steve Jobs. James, should people see Steve Jobs? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's funny because like I I don't really I I don't really like Steve Jobs and I don't really like Apple products. But um, <laughs> does this change your opinion about Steve Jobs? <laughs> no, I did actually it, doesn't. It, it just um, uh, verifies everything you felt about him. Yeah, it's like I, I I listen to the things he says and I I go, yeah, I don't like you or your products, do I? <laughs> um, but at the same time, you know what I do like? I like Aaron Sorkin and I like Danny Boyle. So um, I think it's a really well made movie. I think the acting is fantastic. Um, and the the what they did to this screenplay like the things that happened in this film are both made up and real at the same time um and the way that he structures this movie is i think really brilliant and fun um and just really enjoyable to watch so yeah 100 percent. i think people should check it out did you see it dan no i, I did not see steve jobs unfortunately <laughs> but but i will have some questions for you guys but, cool. but, but go ahead uh yeah no i had a lot of fun watching this film um, I didn't know it was going to be as funny as I thought it was going to be. And also it makes uh, you, Aaron Sorkin's always funny. I know. And you know, it had a lot of scenes of people walking down hallways. Yeah, talking. They're really nice hallways. Um, and for a movie that I don't want to say it's about nothing, <laughs> but it's really about how he's doesn't really do anything and gets credit for it. Yeah. And, um, well, yeah, yeah, but the movie is really well done. And I'll also give props. I thought it was going to so close to having a hallucinogen scene, like a hallucinating scene in it. And he you're didn't ta- do it. You're talking about the rocket? Yeah. And yeah. he didn't do it. 
yeah. it's just it's just like playing with it right he just yeah he and plays so with that so i'm very happy that danny boyle has grown as a film director <laughs> um yeah <laughs> we'll talk about it we'll talk about i'm it. pretty sure every movie he's done has one in it yeah it's it is uh it's not so much the psychological it's that in his films people's thoughts and emotions break the film um, yep. And he does it here too, right? He so does. like, like there'll be moments where Steve's like thinking intensely and I mean, we're getting into review here, but I'll yeah, play the, the trailer. Okay. What if the computer was a beautiful object, something you want to look at and have in your home? And what if instead of it being in the right hands, it was in everyone's hands? We'd be talking about the most tectonic shift in the status quo since ever. Every single goddamn time. <laughs> then I'm due. Your Apple stock is worth $441 million. And your daughter and her mother are on welfare. She's not my daughter! You must be able to see that she looks like you. We will know soon enough if you are Leonardo da Vinci or just think you are. You're the only one who sees the world the same way I do. No one sees the world the same way you do. Everyone is waiting for the man. What are people going to do with it? It's an abstract. We're going to do that. You're issuing contradictory instructions. You're insubordinate. You make people miserable. The board believes you're no longer necessary to this company. I sat in the garage and invented the future. Because artists lead and hacks ask for a show of hands. What you make isn't supposed to be the best part of you when you're a father. That's what's supposed to be the best part of you. I'm the only one who knows that this guy is someone you invented. Is there a plan? The plan will reveal itself to you when you're ready to see it. There are moments where he's thinking intensely, um, and then they'll just like, he'll, he'll put in just like a couple of frames of what it is he's trying not to think about, mm -hmm. you know? And he'll do that kind of stuff where and it's that's not, fine to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. That's I, what it's supposed to yeah. be. You, it, you just hate when, like, but to be fair, Aaron Ronston actually says that he had a vision of his future son that's in fine. the cave. Like, that's but, why and that's 28 in that Days film. Later, that. Killian Murphy's character has to do drugs and have that happen when he's like out in the woods. It's stupid. Anyways, um, Agreed. so Steve Jobs would, uh, this movie is structured so well because yeah. now we know Apple as every year they have a product launch. It has to come out. This is what's going to happen. Yeah. And it takes place in 1984. He's going to release, uh, the Macintosh and everyone's telling him it's stupid because in 1984, who's going to pay $2,500 for a computer? I don't even know what that is in today's money. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. And he's that what's great is Fassbender is so good at this and he plays him as this arrogant asshole mm -hmm. who only cares about himself and the image that he's presenting. I mean, there's even that great scene at the beginning. And he's like, wait a minute, that that 
uh, disc fits the in disc, your pocket. The disc is blue. The you, computer is gray. The stage is gray. Yeah. The shirt has to be white. He and just he's ha- like, what the fuck? Yeah, are you he has to be in about? control. And then he'll go in these weird moments where he, oh, wait, I'm not being a cool guy. And then he goes right back to being a total jerk. And he has this relationship with this lady who he had to have a paternity test on the girl, his daughter, and he still refuses to believe that he's that she's his daughter and he like hired a lawyer to prove 28% that it wouldn't be his and was it even, no it's no or, so the it's if the 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 blood test proves that it's 94% him mm-hmm. he has some bullshit arg- algorithm where he he told time magazine that there that 28% of men in the world could be her father uh, oh yeah that's, that's which it is like this quote that is so horrible and gross and like so whatever it is he was trying to think like it's completely misconstrued by the way he said it but then he has these moments like his little daughter's five and she gets on the macintosh and is able to use it and then he realizes that she's you know special and this is what it's made for this is what it's made for anybody can use it right because uh it's so yeah so it goes from 84 to 88 after uh you know, he got bought out from Apple and he loses all the money uh, for them because they can't sell the Macintosh to his next product, which is the next. I don't even remember this at all. He went and made it. Well, I don't think it was called the next. I think it was called the Black Box or something like that. But it was the company was called next. Yeah. For sure. So he's promoting this one. And uh, so the whole time he's they kind of do these flashbacks of what happened with him at Apple and. Well, I guess they don't. They kind of show newspaper clippings of what's going on with him. Well, when he's fighting with, um, oh, when he's fighting with, uh, John, yeah. they, they are showing clips. Yeah. So, but that's a little later on. And, yeah. uh, what's so cool is, and this is why, uh, Aaron Sorkin's such a great screenwriter. Yeah. Is, yeah, you know, this is probably not how it went down, but the 100%. way, but the way he tells the story, is so captivating. You know, he's like, Hey, did you read the story that someone put in Mac times about how, uh, you're going to make this product and just hype it up and Apple's going to buy you back. He's like, huh, I'm going to keep this. Yeah. And then he goes and he has this amazing fight with, uh, Jeff Daniels character and it's intercut with him being fired from Apple and it's super intense. And the, both the actors are just boom, boom, boom. And, uh, to me, that is the epitome of an Aaron Sorkin script where people are just talking and it's the most intense, like, 10 minutes of the year. Oh, yeah. We're like, uh, are they going to fire him? And, uh, <laughs> and who's right and who's wrong? And, yeah. And uh, it's just zingers left and yeah. right and, and little pieces of dialogue that go by so fast that you immediately are just like, oh, I wish I could remember that line. Like, that was so good. Um, yeah, I, I read an interview with Aaron Sorkin where he specifically said that um, he, when they asked him to write the movie, he was like, he couldn't write anything for a few weeks at the at the beginning. He was like, he was having a really hard time figuring out how to get away from the traditional biopic structure mm-hmm. of like, how do you basically the question was how Birth, do you start life death? Yeah, how do you start this this movie not in the garage? Mm-hmm. How do you start this movie not around the garage? Right. Be- better yet, how do you maybe make this movie and never show the garage? Which they do, but it you know it's, it's special. A, it's a great when they show the garage. It's a really special like they're it's it's a you know for a purpose. Um, and so when he came up with the idea of uh, and he sent it off to the producers and said like, hey, what I want to do is I want to take all of the moments that I really enjoy and that I think tell a great story about who he was as a as a person. I want to take those moments specifically surrounding the, the plot of his daughter, the plot of him getting kicked off of the Apple board and this whole question about his vision of design for computers. 
I want to take those three plots, all of the things that are important to those elements of his life, and then I want to rearrange them all so that they all collide into uh, one into these three moments mm-hmm. right before a, con- uh, a, a a release, a launch, right? There's even that great line where he says, why does everyone get drunk and come talk to me? Right. Does everyone get drunk and talk to me five minutes before a launch? Right. Um, so like the, none of the, all of the things happened, but none of them happened then. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. W- with the exception of the things like, like the computer not saying hello at the time, that's true and obviously did happen at the convention because mm-hmm. that's when it ha- where it happened. Um, but all the other stuff about like, you know why? How come every time he's doing a launch, that's also when his his uh, uh, baby mama is there to get some money? Yeah, it's, like, it's but it's a really it's cool creative convenient. idea. Because oh yeah, it's the pressure of that, and right. so it, I mean, it allows for all of those things to um, to collide in a really interesting way. That's I I think really impactful and cool. And I almost uh, cried when um, so. The second time he hangs out with his daughter uh-huh. yep. and uh, she comes up to him and hugs him really tight. And he's like, I want to live with you. And he doesn't know how to hug her. Yeah. Uh, it's powerful. And it, it, I can't remember when I cried. I cried. It wasn't that. It was one of the. Was it when he gets kicked off or the fight? Maybe. I don't know. There was a point and it was in the second one because mm-hmm. it wasn't. It wasn't when they when they bring things back together. Oh, no. It was when she's. That's what it was. Oh man, it's the scene when Kate Winslet comes to him and demands that he that he fix it, mm-hmm. and she is so emotional, and she's like, "I've watched it for 19 years," and she gives him that speech about you know the 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 when when you when you're a father, the best thing about you is supposed to be that you are a father, and it's the worst thing about you. Yeah, and then she great. and then he's like he like. He kind of gives in, but you can tell he doesn't really care. Mm-hmm. And she starts taking his shit and throwing it on the floor. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was just like, oh, because it was the relationship between them that I loved so much that the fact that then she was just throwing herself on this altar of like, no yeah. more. This has to stop. Well, even uh, when John comes back in and he brings in the gift of the Newton yeah. and uh, yeah. he's, he's telling Steve Wozniak, that he's like, no, you're garbage device your garbage device and then you find out say like, well the only reason i like it is because the stylist why have one you have five of them right and you know and he what's great about the character i don't even know if it's a character about uh no, the not. way it's portrayed is he has he doesn't have the mental capabilities to be normal and nice he the yeah. only thing he knows how to be is a pitch man and mm-hmm. you know all this other stuff because all he had to say to steve wozniak is that right but it hurt steve jobs because he wanted Steve wanted him to thank all the hard work that Apple did before, and he refused to do it. And right. he would even, would even give him credit for maybe the Newton worked well. But no, it's the stylus he didn't like, but he couldn't say that. It's just, fuck you. This is not the future, and it's my vision. And right. it's, it's, it's very interesting, and yeah. um, it's really well done. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, this, yeah. Him as a character, and the, the, especially the story about the way he evolves and his relationship with his mm-hmm. daughter evolves throughout the film, I think is exceptional. Um, and certainly the heart of, of the movie. Oh yeah. You know? And that's why too, you, you know, I didn't see the one with Ashton Kutcher no because did. I knew he couldn't pull off what Michael Fassbender did. Kutcher might look more like Steve jobs, but I felt like Fassbender inhabited that. Yeah. I and, think Fassbender gets the voice really well. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And I think he, he plays the three Steve Jobses here, well, or even four, really. Yeah, four, yeah. The four Steve Jobs that he plays in this film, uh, he plays them each very different. Yep. You know? 
Um, the very last one is, um, he's almost he at the Steve himself. Jobs that we know. Right. You know, where, well, he's certainly at the Steve Jobs that like became the big famous. That's what know? I mean. Like, yeah. he, he's a guy that everybody recognizes. Right. Where, right. um, that's what's great about this behind the scenes stuff is. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I mean, before he died, I heard he was an asshole, but yeah, yeah. He was I, don't, I don't think asshole. that's ever been a, I think that anybody who tries to design closed systems in general is an asshole. So <laughs> like, that was the thing is that they, he keeps talking about this stuff and they keep like trying to make it clear. Like, no, like he's trying to make this perfect thing. And I'm like, his perfect thing is a shitty idea. Like, no, <laughs> stop trying to build that. Stop it. You're the worst. Um, but whatever. Yeah. Some people like it. They're wrong. Dan, did you have questions? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Questions? Like, so what's the time frame? Like how early and how late does it go? So it, it starts off. It's, it's in th- basically three sections. Um, the first section is in 1984. Um, uh, the second section is in the, is in 1995? Uh, um, 93, something like that? No, the second set, it's 84, 88, the 98. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, huh. yeah, 88 and the 98. What was even so, happening around 1998? iMac. Nin- yeah, that's the iMac okay, release. Okay. So the first one is the Macintosh release. The second one is the next release. And then the third, uh, the fourth or the third one is the iMac release. Um, hmm. and then the fourth Steve Jobs he plays is the, is the one in the garage. Um, because you see a couple of shots, you like one or two scenes in the garage. Every time you say that, I'm going to say "fuck you." <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Uh, computers aren't art. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> um, and then uh, he also plays that one in a in a different scene in a in a restaurant as well. My um, like because my um, awareness of Steve Jobs was probably around the time of like when I became aware of him was probably around the time of the announcement of the iPhone. Oh, okay, yeah. and not and not before. Well, yeah, that. it's um, yeah. So so the iMac was the when he released the first iMac, which you remember, you know, the big globy yes. blue ones, right? Um, they that's when he had just come back as the CEO of Apple. Okay, um, because that company was gonna go bankrupt within a year, probably, and so he came back and came out with this thing, and that got really big, fulfilled really the promise of everything he'd wanted to do with the Mac and the next. Because that became the computer that was in every school yeah. across yes. the country. Yeah. Um, I, I was in the school that had those. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even though my school in elementary school had a Mac Classic, which is funny. Yeah. I remember um, using, like, remember the turtle program? Yeah. You could draw the turtle. I Fucking number munchers, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then from there, like, yeah, that's when they sort of pay a little homage to, hey, I'm going to come out with the, with an iPod eventually but okay if if you really didn't know steve jobs until the iphone you were the last person to know to be very honest with you yeah, or I harsh just, i mean I, I don't um, know, like, was it like he he really was a a um like household name after probably like sometime around the ipod yeah like would would be when like my mom I, probably knew who steve jobs I, was. I yeah I, I could not have told you or, yeah. you know circa 2005 i could not have told you who, mm-hmm. who steve jobs was yeah so interesting so very interesting. Yeah, so it's divided up into three sections, and each one is only taking place within the last hour before a keynote speak, um, and, a, and a specifically a product launch that was important to the history of uh, of Apple, um, or actually, I guess next because the middle yeah. one's not even Apple. <sighs> so, yeah, I mean, it's really good. It's yep. really good. Dope. I was expecting the score to change between each section too, and it didn't. Nope. It was just sort of it's clever, though. It was, yeah, it, it, was good. it was a Danny Boyle movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? Not not a traditional one though at all. I don't think it was as like uh, frantic as his other movies. 
Um, no. But I think I mean, the script, I mean, doesn't Yeah, the script it. itself is, well, I, I would argue that, that a, an Aaron Sorkin script is frantic. No, I um, mean, yeah, dialogue wise, but I mean, yeah. like, cut, 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 cut. True. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to let it play because, because that's the way out. it's written. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. so besides train spotting in 28 days and sunshine, what else has Danny Boyle done? Millions. Um, Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire. He did Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. I would not have thought that for a second. Yeah. Because, because like I saw that movie eight years ago or whatever. Yeah. Like, like a few months after it came out on video. Yeah. And I still remember like shots of that movie and, and visual things because of the way they did the subtitles and all that other stuff. Beautiful. Um, like I wouldn't have thought that at all. Huh. Yeah. Weird. A, no, he's, a, he's a creative director. Movie. Yeah. Is uh-huh. there bitching like you were talking about the soundtrack? Is it totally bitching like Sunshine? No, no, it's like Bob it's, Dylan <laughs> interspace interstitched with like it's it's bitching like the score to Halt and Catch Fire is bitching, um, like like sort of eighties eighties computer music and Bob um, Dylan. <laughs> it, I would say it's very close to um, he keep yeah it's because there's there's Bob Dylan in the movie, um, th- it's very close to uh, like a Trent Reznor score, uh, huh? Yeah. So okay. Anyway, uh, next week we're singing the Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Cool. Um, and hopefully Randy will be able to be on the show. Yeah. Um, That'd be thank fun. you, Dan, for joining us as always. Mm-hmm. From all of us at Real Nerds, see you at the movies. Bye. You can't say that. Why? Because uh, oh, because he's dead now. So you can say see you at the movies. Was that what Ebert said? Wasn't it? Well, he wasn't able to say it for a long time. Ah! Uh, wow. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.